Holman, I'm pretty pumped about this episode of the Truck Show Podcast, not only because we're going to find out why Cerakote, which you guys know probably from their coatings on firearms, yep. they are getting big into automotive. Say what? Yeah, indeed. And we have Bogey from All Girls Garage, who I anticipate being one of our favorite guests ever. By the way, uh, have you figured out how to say her last name yet? Not a clue. <laughs> are you going to ask her when we call her? Uh, yes, I will. Okay. I'll try it live. All right. Yeah, and I'll make an ass of myself the way I normally do. I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. Well, before we get into uh, guests, uh, yeah. sh- should we talk about my uh, DMV story? Holman, I heard you have fallen in love with the DMV. Yes, I love the DMV. <laughs> I have a feeling that that is just pure sarcasm. I absolutely love the DMV. And so I what happened? Hope that they continue to do whatever the DMV does for years to come. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So... Where to start? <laughs> I, uh, did, I it had, have, did it have something to do with ordering a custom license plate? Yes, my personalized license plate. So I've been going online, mm-hmm. and through COVID, they put up a thing on the DMV website here in California that said, we have suspended all custom plates. You can get a custom one as long as it's sequential. But if you want to do a personalized one where you choose the message, we're out on that right Not now. really custom when it's sequential. One, two, three, four, ABC, like whatever. Yeah, sequential, That's, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, you can get a different plate. There's a bunch I, of different, oh, there's yeah. 20 different plates you can get. So if a you want a sequential or a one, whale or the hand yeah, waving yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah, that poppies stuff Poppies or okay. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I go on a couple days ago and I see that personalized plates have been added back to the deal. I'm Ooh. like, great. All right. So I type in and I put in my personalized plate and I put it in my shopping cart and I go, this is what I'm getting for, for my, new, uh, my new Jeep. And I've settled on it, and I'm excited for it. And I go to hit checkout, mm-hmm. and it says, "Nope, uh, application error." Uh, that was the debit card, so I go and do. Uh, they can pull straight from your uh, checking account. Okay. Uh, error. So I go, okay, okay. It must just be my computer in Safari. I'm going to go on uh, on Google Chrome, and I'm going to try that. Okay. No. So then I grab my wife's computer and I go, all right, so um, this one isn't loaded with all the things that my uh, mothership company uh, loads on their computers. Maybe it'll Let me guess, does, does she have a rose gold little MacBook Air? Uh, she has MacBook Air, but it's silver. Okay. And so I went on that mm-hmm. and I was able to add it to my cart, but then I, I went again and no dice. So at the bottom of the shopping cart, the DMV gives you a 1-800 phone number and says, call this number if you're having problems. Oh, you dared to call. So I called. You're a brave man. And I'm talking to, uh, I believe his name was Harold. And he gave me a number, which I wish I would have written down because I would shame him endlessly right now on this on this podcast. Um, and so Harold is, answers the phone and he says, what can I help you with? I said, here's my problem. I get to a certain point in the buying process and it doesn't work. And it hasn't worked for weeks. I know that you just added it back to the website. Can you tell me? Is the system active or not? And he goes, well, yeah, of course it's active. So it must be your computer. I said, well, I don't know if it's my computer. I'm checking with you to tell me if it's, you know, active or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm asking you. So we go back and forth. He's interrupting me at every step of the way. I'm trying to explain myself. He's clearly talking about something different. I'm saying, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, that, yeah, yeah, I've heard you. We need to move forward from here. I don't need to hear what you've already told me because I understand it. And I'm like, dude. I'm trying. You don't understand it because blah blah blah. Here's where. It- well, what's your information? So it takes down all my information. What's the plate you want? So it takes down the plate information. All right. Does all that stuff. He goes. Well, I'm not going to buy the plate, but I'm just going to put it right here in my uh, in in the thing to, to test it out. And he goes. I- I'm I'm using a PC and it's fine. Everything works. It must be on your end. And I said, okay, that that's fair. I'll 
I've got a PC that I can try, but is does this particular thing happen to you? No, I've already told you it doesn't happen. And I said, okay, I'm just trying to understand because you're saying X and I'm saying Y. And he had the most condescending attitude. <laughs> and I just said, all right, man. And I hung up on him. Oh, and I'm like done. So oh, I go, you shouldn't have done that. I, I was I was out. Oh no! I was out. All right. So what happens next? So I grab a computer mm-hmm. and I go to test it, and I'm able to add my license plate, and I get to the screen that allows for payment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's something on my work computer that didn't allow me to do it, but on my wife's computer, after I reset the cache, I was able to do it. And then I get the smart idea: Why am I doing this on the DMV website when I can just walk down over there to AAA? And just say, could you do my plate for me? Sure. Right? Then save myself the hassle of ever having to deal with these a-holes ever again. Sure. Well, until I re- registration next year. And so I go to AAA. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, the DMV hasn't opened up or allowed us. We can only do very basic transactions like uh, you know, um, transferring titles and things like that, but we can't do pl- uh, custom plates yet. Sure. So you'll have to do that on the DMV website until they allow us access. Okay. So I go home, and this plate that I've been thinking about for three months- Yeah. Is gone. <laughs> so I tried on three different computers. Oh, no. So so what is the likelihood that I hung up on the dude at the DMV and somebody went and purchased my plate in that thirty ensuing minutes? Very unlikely. So Harold, but, yeah, very you're unlikely. A, you're a d bag because you know what Harold did. He's like, mm. all right, I'll show you, and he took the plate I wanted out of the system. That sucks. So I had to change my new in, my. I had a Instagram set up. I had to change it to match. I had to find a new plate that I was happy with, mm-hmm. and uh, I ordered it. And uh, anyway, so uh, that was my DMV experience. The awesome professionals at the California Department of Motor Vehicles who do nothing but exceptional customer service. I salute you, you freaking people. <laughs> so guess what I did today? You ordered a plate. I got a plate right here. Sure did. Took yeah. me about 45 seconds. I got mine too. I got my new one. <laughs> should I tell everyone what it is Our, or should we well, wait? I don't know. So I feel like I, 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 the plate is a little premature because- That's way premature. If it doesn't happen- You're hosed. Then my plate will look stupid. So hmm. do I? Do we tell what our new plates are or we just wait till they actually arrive? How about this? We ordered our plates mm-hmm. independent of each other- On the same day. On the same day. Yes, correct. Do you want to see who gets the postcard first to go get them? Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. I got the one you didn't want me to get. Oh, man. Yeah. I think it fits. I, I, I bounced it off a few people and they mm-hmm. were they were all, they're into it. Okay. All right. Can I say what it is? No, because unless I can say what yours is. Yeah, that's fine. I think we we, we come clean. All right. Okay. So yours is ADV space JP Adventure Jeep Adventure Jeep. Yeah. So there you go. So at uh, ADV Jeep on Instagram if you want to follow the uh, the build. Yeah. And then yours is uh, Rusty Max R U S D M A X. So does that mean you're putting a D Max in it, or does that mean that you are a D? Axe. <laughs> no. It Let, me does see that. Mean, Let me see that again. It, it does mean that uh, my goal is to drop a Duramax in a rusty truck. Okay, so are us, are us maxed? Ru- oh, I know, I know. Are you a Super Duty Max? That's a stretch. Is it? I, I, th- I would think so. Anybody, yeah, sure. I don't know what they're going to think, but anyone but that you care? knows. No, I don't know if I care. I think that if they know me or they, you know, they 
they follow the build, they'll be like, yeah, that's kind of creative, you know, because right. it's a freaking rusty. But if it doesn't Duramax. get a D Max in it, it's just a uh, should be rusty bag. I think is what the, <laughs> rusty bag. Yeah, I think that's the plate that you get if that would you be funny. Don't get the D Max. And if you want to follow that one on Instagram, it's R U S dot D Max. Why'd you put a dot in there? I had to because Rusty Max was taken. Oh, yeah. So you stole someone else's uh, Instagram. But I have a feeling if you type in Rust D uh-huh. Max, it'll pop up. You know, R U S dot D U D M A X. Can we just Call it Rust by short? Rust? Yeah, Rust. Or is it Max? I think it's Rusty. No, we'll call it Rust. I'm just going to call your truck Rust. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Hey, Rust. It's not Rust. Hey, how's Rust? No, it's Rusty Max. Huh. Ah, I feel like, yeah, I like it. Well, I'm certainly uh, happy that 50% of the people in this room had a positive California <laughs> Department of Motor Vehicles experience. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that, so that happened. Uh, before we get into the show, we have to, of course, thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. Thank you so much for uh, supporting all the antics and wackiness that goes on at the Truck Show podcast. If you're in the market for a new half-ton truck, van, or mid-sized truck, head over to NissanUSA.com. Check out the Frontier. Check out the line of NV vans, and especially the Titan and Titan XD with America's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles, totally underrated truck that anybody who sits in will be Incredibly impressed. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Alice, you have to wait until he's done with the read. For uh, jumps in. For 2020, of course. You Mm -hmm. get that uh, updated interior, the awesome new look, and uh, one hell of a truck. Decked! That's it. (laughs) The truck! No, you can't can't do that. You have have to say decked and at least say... What it is? Decked.com. No, no, it's just... Decked! And then we you, start the show. You think people know by now what decked is? Yeah, absolutely. It's the best storage solution on the planet. If you've got a full-size, mid-size, compact truck, you got a van, and you've got stuff that you're just rolling around on the bed, and you need to secure it, and you need to lock it, and you want to still put 2,000 pounds on top, then you call or you go on deck.com. Well, I was going to say, do you have the phone number handy? Not handy. Then you call. Oh, <laughs> wait, handy. I should have said. Just Good read, Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Decked! <laughs> by the way, uh, you and I have some deck business coming up in July. Tell me more. Nope. We just have some deck business coming up in July. On that note, let's start the show! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman yeah yeah don't sing over the jingle oh by the way, my two-year-old, well, she's two and a half now, uh, her thing is uh, on our walks, we do like a mile loop every night. Mm-hmm. At the top of her lungs, sings the entire half hour on our walk, uh, E-I-E-I-O. Oh, really? And people can hear like streets over like, oh, we knew you were coming because we heard the baby. You're like, yeah, yeah, we knew we were coming. E-I-E-I-O. No, 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 loud. And then like, you know how when like a, a street is empty and somebody shouts, you get a little bit of the echo? Yeah, you could hear her E-I-E-I-O's <laughs> echoing back at you. So uh, I'm in that phase of, uh, of new kid ownership. You need to get ownership. <laughs> you need to get her singing the Truck Show uh, podcast she had, jingle. She does. She yeah. loves singing the Truck Show podcast jingle. I, I mean, I should record her, but she uh, she enjoys that. I'd love to play it if you recorded her. All right, I'll do that. I, I, well, here's what I'm surprised about. Mm-hmm. We had the guys uh, from the surf band do our, uh, our intro, 
And we put it out there to the greater Truck Show Podcast audience, and not one person uh, took the challenge up to uh, do a version of our intro in their style. Apparently, we don't have many musician listeners. How, how is that possible? We it have so many is. listeners. It has to be. Music. We have apparently more cop listeners than we have ah, musicians. I, we have a lot of cops out there. Yes, and truckers. And uh, folks in the military. Yeah, we do have those. And uh, guys in combines, as you'll see from uh, some inbox later in the show. That would hurt being in a combine. No, no, no. Dry, just... dry, can oh. ever... You know what? Let's okay. get to our first guest. Okay. Holman, I'd like you to dial up a woman that knows more about auto mechanics than you and I potentially combined. Oh, would that be uh, Bogey Leitner from All Girls Garage? That happens to be the one. Yes, what a coincidence. Huh, funny. I just happened to have her number right here. I guess it was on the calendar and we knew this was happening in we, advance. We should call her. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, is this Bogey Leitner? This is Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? We're doing outstanding. Um, is it Leitner or Leitner? It's Leitner, correct? Latiner. Latiner. Oh, even even worse. We weren't even close. <laughs> oh my God, we're just destroying <laughs> her name. Wow, well that's not the first time. Uh, the, the other person would be uh, Josh Wheezy. We destroyed his name once yeah. as well. <laughs> I'm, That's right. well, and well, I've been called worse, so it's okay. So we, have we. We, we should warn you that we're just we're awful. So. Yeah, we, we're not. <laughs> we've Doing been doing this podcast beautiful. thing for a couple of years now, and we haven't gotten better. No, we haven't. All right, we got to <laughs> before we can let you talk, we got to play a quick intro. Don't move. Okay. Yo, the drunk show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A drunk show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Who dis? <laughs> See, everyone gets a cool intro. Is that better or worse than the intro on your TV show? I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how she's feeling about it. You know, yeah, I don't I don't think she's it's uh, kind on board. Kind of amazing <laughs> and kind of awful all at the same time. But, well, let me hold on. Hold that thought. That's our tagline. Yeah, for right. Our it actually is. Uh, that's kind of the the nicest thing anybody said to me all week. So <laughs> awesome. All right, good. We're okay. we're off to a great start. Yeah, I'm no, this, this is awesome. <laughs> all right, so Bogey would like to go back and first, I I think we need to everyone. I have to apologize. Everyone asks you this question. How'd you get your name? That has to be first. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Um, Okay, so it's kind of a silly story, I guess. Um, So when I was 16 years old, I lived in Hungary as an exchange student. And my real name sounds a little bit like a curse word in Hungarian. So, you know, being 16-year-old girls, we were like, oh, that's not, we can't call you that. So they they came up with a new nickname for me, and they came up with Bogey, which is short for Boglarka, which is a type of flower for my cheery personality, I guess. And by by itself, it means Beetle, which is the car that got me into cars in the first place. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of fitting. Well, that's, uh, that's way better than Lightning Story, how he got his name. (laughs) <laughs> well, like because uh, the guys that I worked for thought I was really slow. Yeah, he and worked. So, uh, he, he was a producer at a uh, at a local Los Angeles radio station, and he was so slow that they coined him Lightning, which he's carried proudly for over thirty years. Yeah, well, That's it was going to be so funny. It was going to be Curious George or Lightning, and Lightning <laughs> wow. just stuck. Well, think about See, that. I had, an, I had an apprentice who was really really slow, and we named him First Gear. 
because he just never got out of first gear. So that was like his name forever. It was like, what's up, first gear? Yeah. I would have I like been that. Granny Low. Hey, Granny Low. <laughs> there you go. I like that one, too. <laughs> so as a member, you are the longest standing member of All Girls Garage. And I got to know, is it that you're so awesome or that all the other girls were so bad? Like, <laughs> no, it can't be. They're not bad. Because look who's running. Or through. it could be that I'm so bad that I haven't moved on to anything oh, else. Oh, oh. I mean, we could look at that way. No, but we know that's not true. No, but that's like us. That's why we're doing this and haven't moved on. No, you know, it's life. Life just does interesting things. You know, we've. Um, you know, Jesse originally she left the show long before she passed. Um, tragic. But uh, Jesse was one of the original hosts. She left um, to move on to other projects. She was really focusing on her racing. And um, and then Rachel moved on because she was focusing on her business. Christy's moved on because she was, you know, doing three shows and all of the things. And, um, I, you know, I think it kind of comes down to we're human beings and there's only so many hours in the day. And, like, at a certain point, you gotta you got to make choices. Um, I was kind of in the same boat that, that Christy was in where it was like something has to give. And it was going to either be the TV show or it was going to be my business. And I wound up choosing to sell one of my shops so that I could stay with the show. So it's just, you know, we've got to make choices sometimes and they're not always fun ones to make. But Gotcha. Now, now, how about Faye? Is she like the yin to your yang? Does she have any skills that... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, you guys work great together or, you know, Faye and I are, it's, we're so similar in so many ways. I met her through one of the all female builds that I led. Um, she came out and she's, um, you know, just a super gearhead like I am. We both really just love getting in and fixing stuff. We love teaching and sharing our knowledge. Um, we've worked together offset before, so that's helpful. And it's it's just a ton of fun. So I think we work really well together. I don't know if she's the yin to my yang or what, but like we we do work well together. And, and now you guys are going on as a duo, right? Because Christy Lee yeah. just left, and so it's sort of a new format for the show, right? It is, yeah. They've always been really like always wanted it to be three, and they've they've decided to kind of roll with this for a little bit and and keep it just the two of us. And we're hoping we'll get to have some guest people once oh, in a cool. while but yeah are, are you everybody some more ladies are you friends with our friend teresa Contreras? of course you, you gotta have her be friends with teresa exactly. i would love to have her come on she came out one day um to one of my all-female bills and and worked on the our current bill the volvo for a day and trying to get her to come out for longer but she's awesome i love her yeah she's she's one of our good friends obviously we knew yes. jesse and that yeah. whole uh that whole ladies thing yeah. going on in automotive is is rad and her real deal and all that stuff so yeah just, definitely it's 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 awesome to see all the types of things that that you guys are doing and the show is is this the it's something like what the ninth season or something it, yeah we are in our ninth year which is just nuts did you expect me. Um, Bogey, that it was going to go that long? Did you just no. think it was going to be like a like a like a mid? It's like American Idol. They literally thought American Idol was it was pitched as a summertime mid season replacement. Right, it was. Right. It literally was, and no one, including at Seacrest, didn't think it was going to last. Well, it just goes to show you just you just never know. And I feel like so many like opportunities in life come from just saying yes to things, not knowing where they're going. And I had no, I had no idea. I mean, my, the production company I work for, they have a history of creating shows that stay on the air for a really long time, but I didn't, I didn't know that then. And 
I wasn't looking to be on TV. It was just kind of, it just kind of happened. And, and here we are. Like, if you had told me this was going to be my life <laughs> 10 years ago, like, I would have laughed at you for, for real. Like, no. You'd be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're silly. Now, where does the show tape, Bogey? We film in Florida, just outside of Tampa, actually. So that's convenient to your home base in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, totally convenient. Yeah, just a hop, skip, and a jump. It's right down the street. Yep. So, uh, okay, do you are you still do you have a shop still there in in Phoenix, or did you close up everything and move closer yeah. to Florida? For no, I'm still I'm still in Phoenix, and the answer to that question is yes and no. So I I had a general repair shop for 13 years. I sold that a year ago. And I, but I still have my other shop, Girl Gang Garage, and that's, it's not open to the public. We don't do general repairs um, and it's an all volunteer based shop. And that's where I do the all female builds and I do workshops and classes to introduce women to the trades and connect women in the trades and all of that fun stuff. So that still exists but my, my general repair shop is gone. So let's let's talk about that for a minute because I know there's a lot of people on TV who you may watch them and go, are they the real deal or not? You actually okay. have a, a ASC certification in automotive. Master. You were a BMW certified mechanic, both in Arizona mm-hmm. and New York. So you mm-hmm. actually have the chops to be running a shop. You are the real deal. You <laughs> can teach a lot of people about stuff. Well, I, I think well, we, we need can... to rewind the clock a little bit and go okay. back in time <laughs> and find out how did you get your start? You In 2006 or was it before then in your garage? Yeah, so I started my shop in 2006, but I started out in the industry um, professionally back in 2000. I had gotten into cars a little bit when I was in high school because I got my first car and it was a piece of junk and it broke all the time. And it was Volkswagen a Volkswagen Bug. Okay. 1974 Volkswagen Bug. Yeah, Which P- you still POS. have, by the way, right? I do. It's still a POS. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but I restored it in high school. Like I'd gotten into it because I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to feel vulnerable. I didn't want to be taken advantage of at the shops. I felt like I was being taken advantage of. And and then I started doing research. And the only time women showed up in car magazines in the mid-90s was in when they were in high heels and bikinis, right? And You don't say. I, would, I don't. Yeah, right? Shocking. I wouldn't be a part of any of that. I All that misogyny, <laughs> just so you know, happened before my uh, career in automotive journalism. Oh, oh did it really? I'm so glad, we're clear. I'm glad to hear that. Glad uh, to hear you know that. what, Holman? I don't know. I saw you at Daytona truck meet last year. And there might have been some of that. No, 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 not, no, that not didn't okay. no, there are no pictures of us on stage there ever. Yeah, during the bikini. Were you wearing bikinis? Uh, we would have. Uh, we were open to it, but it turns out that's not what the crowd was looking for. No, they were actually Again, we, shocking. We tried to get in bikinis. They actually threw T-shirts at us. <laughs> Cover up! Cover it's up. a dry t-shirt yeah. contest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so I I saw all of this and I was like, this is BS. This is crap. So I decided I wanted to take auto shop in high school, and they were like, well, girls don't take auto shop. You shouldn't do that. You're smart. You're going to college. You're this. You should do that. Like all of these like shoulds. Like everybody was shooting on me, right? <laughs> and I was like, this isn't cool. So um, I I got really passionate about it, mostly because I was being told that I couldn't. And when I am told that I'm not allowed to do something, it makes me want to do it more. And That's then, our kind of girl. Yeah, you know, right? I, I love that. I, I also uh, came from a family that wasn't automotive-centric, but loved automotive. Mm-hmm. In high school auto shop, and my, uh, my teacher, Mr. Spring, which we've talked about uh, in the past, that was my inspiration. He was really the person that took my passion and actually That's like awesome. focused it into something useful. 
Well, most, mostly useful. Awesome. <laughs> but we actually, <laughs> but we, we had ladies in our classes. Work. Like we had That's girls cool. who were awesome that are still friends to this day that they were nice. gearheads too. It was great. Very cool. And that's, and it's awesome to hear that. Like, I think times like started to change a little bit where there were more, more women who were allowed in. I was the only the second girl in my entire high school's history to take auto shop. And, and they made a really big deal out of it. And it wasn't cool. And of course, they've since canceled the program, which is a of whole course. other story that yeah. I think we'll talk about later. But, but then I went off to college because that's what I was supposed to do, right? Like, that was the expectation. And not so just any college. college. You went to like a major <laughs> college to, do, to be like be a lawyer or something? I did. I went to Oberlin um, and studied law. And I wanted to be a constitutional theorist. And I wanted to like fight the good fight in the Love legal that. world. Yeah, I know. Craziness. And, <laughs> and, and, and then what happened? What, what you know, redirected your attention? I think, I think I was a little bit burnt out on all the mental work, and I was missing the tactile work, the mm. working with my hands. And I, I really kind of came to realize that we kind of, I think we do our kids a disservice because we split them into two camps. You're either working with your hands or you're working with your brain and never the two shall meet 100%. In, in the way that the schools are being treated. And I think it's unfortunate because I, I learned stuff in college that I didn't learn in tech school, but I learned stuff in tech school, not just about cars, but about life that I didn't learn in college. Well, <laughs> right? think about so, it. Think about the, yeah. the problem solving, the, the mm -hmm. skills, the interpersonal communication of working with somebody on a build or to fix the problem. I mean, all these things yeah. that come out of it. And I agree with you. I'm a huge, huge proponent of uh, vocational schools and vocational training. We actually have a, quite a few shop teachers who listen to the show and uh, they'll nice. reach out from time to time. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Teresa and Sarah with, with their deal with uh, Alex yeah. Zidius and all that. I just, you're right. We have told kids for far too long that college is the only way to go. And we've left out those or left the ones behind that, that like to work with their hands. And we've forgotten to tell them that we need these trades. It's okay. You can make the same amount of money. It's not about money. It's yeah. about what, what drives your passion. And that they're valued by society. I mean, I think that's the big piece that's missing. And I, I hear people go to the opposite extreme and they say, like, trade school is better than college and college is BS. And I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. You need it college all. was wonderful, right? Like, I loved college. But I also love technical school. And and neither is right for everybody. And neither is better or worse. They're different. And they serve different needs and different purposes. And we need all of the diversity in the world. Like we need people to fix trucks and we need people to fix airplanes and we need people to engineer crazy new ideas. And we need people to, to sit in Ivy towers and write theories and we <laughs> need people to write laws. And like, we need all of it. But what we but, don't need is to, is to devalue one of those things, anybody. right? Exactly. And, and say, because you work with your hands and because that you're less than exactly. You're not. <laughs> and I think for, for maybe, I'd say 20 years or, or more, that's been the message. It's been mm -hmm. stay away from the vocational schools because you can only really be something if you if you go to college. And that's just not the case. Totally. I, I will say that, like, yes, people mostly hear from my story that, oh, you were told that you couldn't as a woman. And that was part of it. But the other part of it was that, you know, my guidance counselor literally said to me, you shouldn't take auto shop because you're smart. You can go to college. And I was like, that's an awful statement. Yeah, especially like, from a guidance he's, counselor. Right? He's like, you're smart. You can do anything you want. And I'm like, well, that's cool because what I want <laughs> is to work on cars. So if you're telling me that I can do anything I want, this is what I'm choosing. And, and that that still wasn't respected. Like, I found that just as much, just as insulting as being told I couldn't because I was a girl. 
at the time, is that how you felt when you were young without the life oh, experience? Oh, yeah. I was, I was a total little, like, revolutionary. Like, I went, <laughs> I, so, like, my parents are hippies. I grew up going to protest rallies. Oh, no, <laughs> so, you did not. Really? Oh, God, totally. There's a picture of me at, like, three years old wearing corduroy bell bottoms, a peacenik peace sign T-shirt, and holding a sign that said, this kid is anti-nuclear. Yes. <laughs> wow. You need a shirt with you on it. Yeah. With you holding that holding sign. That picture, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, I think guys like Mike Rowe and Jesse James and a bunch of guys who are famous for mm-hmm. working with their hands are out there with this message and have been for the yeah. last five, seven years. And yeah. I think and it still needs to be heard. We still need to beat this drum, right? Right, right. <laughs> I think things are starting to change a little bit, right? I think we're starting to see a little bit of a flow towards states supporting technical education. And like Tennessee is really good on this. Like they're the Tennessee promise. Like you can go to a technical school or a college and it counts the same as far as getting credits for going to continuing education. So there is more that's happening in this direction. I think we're starting to see it being valued more, but we're, it's a long way to go. Now, when we when, you know, Lightning just spoke about um, Mike Rowe, Jesse James, those seem to be the types of guys that are championing, 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 I made up a word, I made up a word right there. I'm not even going to try to say it again. No, just yeah. Yeah, I can't. Add extra syllables to everything. It's funny. <laughs> I Champ- do that too. It's cool. Championing. No, championing. No, I know. I know. I can't say it. Right. I literally. <laughs> I know. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second, Bogey. Make, make it. Say it. Say it. Championing. Oh, yes. Thank you. Right. I can talk, okay, just yeah. not when we're recording our podcast. You got it. Uh, anyway, going back to the question I was trying to ask you, <laughs> is you see those guys kind of carrying the torch for vocational and blue collar and, and all that, but you never really see women out there. The only people I know are, are really you and Teresa who have a similar yeah. cause. Are, are there, A, other ladies out there that are doing that? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a girl dad. I've got two girls. So for me, this, this is something that's important, right? And yeah. Um, if not, are you guys getting more national exposure or attention? I know there's more, you know, a ways to go, but are you, have you seen that them open? I don't know it's them, but have you seen the world open up to your message more? Yes and no, right? I mean, so, so there's a multi-part to your question. Yes, I think there's a ton of ladies in the trades who are out there who are kicking butt every day. There's a ton of women who are really working to raise awareness around women in the trades. Uh, I think Teresa and I are kind of united in the, like we're, we're trying to raise awareness about the trades in general and women in the trades because it's, it's part and parcel of the whole, you know, it's part of the same thing. Right. So yes, I think there's a ton out there as far as it being discussed on a national level. It's interesting, right? We're seeing more discussion around girls and STEM education, but automotive doesn't really generally you know, historically fall under STEM. We we are hearing more about girls in tech and there's definitely more conversations happening about women in traditionally quote unquote male dominated fields. And and yet I don't see it on the main stage as often as I think it should be, the conversation about women in blue collar trades. Um, and there and I think that comes from we still have a society that's biased against blue collar. So yeah, we'll talk about women doing traditionally male jobs but we're talking about engineering and right yeah, robotics and, <laughs> and medical robotics, field right. and- so i think it still speaks to this underlying bias that we have in our society against working with your hands about tradespeople, about 
about craftspeople. And I think it comes from an outdated stereotype about the trades that says that working on cars is a dead end job, that it's dirty, that it's this, that it's that. And really, like cars these days are more complicated than most space shuttles or sorry, than the first space shuttle, I should say. So there's more control modules in most cars today than the very first space shuttle. Our technicians are working on rocket ships, right? It's not the same thing that it was 40 years ago. The automotive industry is not what it was. But society doesn't know that. They haven't caught up to that. So we're still living with this reputation of what the industry is all about. And I think that's really unfortunate. And I would love to bring this conversation more to the forefront of national attention. That's that's part of why I'm talking to you guys, actually. It is interesting. A lot of people still think <laughs> it's probably, you know, fixing the float bowl on a carburetor. and But it's not. Yeah. It's not anymore. Yeah. You know, you're, no. you're not in it with fuel all over your hands and covered in oil. And, and you don't need to be a giant burly man to move a piece of machinery or a tool because they're automated. They have lifts. They, you, you can be. Uh, you could be a, well, I a think, slight person. Yeah, I think even still in, get in, around a garage in manufacturing. Look at when we visited the uh, the Nissan plant or the Cummins mm, plant. Oh gosh, the Nissan plant's amazing. Yeah, and and looking at the equipment that they have. So for everybody from ergonomic standpoint, anybody yeah. can do any of the jobs. And in fact, anybody is cross trained on their line for all the multiple jobs to break up monotony. So it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're you know five foot nothing or six foot ten. You have you. They give you the tools and the ability to do every totally. job in the factory, and the pay can be amazing sometimes, much higher than people realize. And you can normally jump into it like right out of high school. Often, you know, a little bit of continuing education, go to a technical school for a year or two. You're not graduating with a ton of debt, and you're jumping right into a career that I know. When I went to the to the Nissan plant, they also have a training program that they partnered with and work with, and they have a hundred percent placement with their students within Nissan and elsewhere. 100% placement, and on average, they're starting at like sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, and it's like that's no joke, guys. <laughs> with, with great benefits, usually, and yeah, when you go a to a, a factory like that, you usually have on-site medical support. You know, there's doctors, yeah. and stuff, you have gyms, you have access to all the things a small city would have yeah. within the confines of that. So you actually have a lot of benefits beyond. In fact, when we totally. uh, we had gone to uh, to Cummins in uh, in Columbus and went to the uh, the six seven line. And I've been to the five liter line and we actually had a female listener reach out and say, hey, because I heard your interview, I actually applied for a job at Cummins. Yes, and I thought that was really cool. Awesome. That is super cool. And yeah, these training programs, they can't even get enough butts in their seats. They have 100 percent placement. You graduate with very minimal debt and you get guaranteed jobs with great benefits and they still can't get enough butts in the seats. That's a great so point right there. it's just because people don't know. People don't know that these opportunities are out there. Well, the whole debt piece. I mean, how many kids are leaving a four-year university with $100,000 in debt and they or start- more, Or yeah. more, And they start from way behind. And where you go to a traditional vocational school, you may only have debt maybe for the first two or three years of your career and then you're free. Yep. Totally. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting, interesting thing. And it's we have a whole bunch of issues that we're trying to deal with to make change in the industry and, and change people's awareness. And it's a lot of conflicting stuff. Right? And we we've got this trade deficit that we've acknowledged. We know that there's a massive trade deficit. And yet at the same time, we're canceling auto shop in high school and trades classes in our high schools all across the country. Right? Well, so and look at if you follow current politics. There's obviously a lot of offshore manufacturing. Well, what are the tenants going forward? Wait a forward? minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying the things 
everything isn't made here in the states. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's <laughs> even the, the whole... stuff that says it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, that too. It's, it's stuff that's reboxed. <laughs> well, that's because when they scan it to copy it, they copy the made in the USA oh, on I it see. as well. Yeah. Right. right. Um, well, there's they, made in but, the USA and there's assembled in the USA. Those are different things. Yeah, abs- or, absolutely. Or there's designed in California. Right. <laughs> well, there's that too. So, my, but my point being is, if you look at the current political climate with wanting to bring overseas manufacturing back to the United States, that's just going to open up more opportunity for people to get into manufacturing and and, in those fields. But there's two sides to that coin, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that's been off taken offshore because there aren't the people to fill the jobs. A hundred percent. So going back is, to lightning, are, do we not have the jobs because people because people are taking the business offshore or taking people taking the business offshore because nobody wants the jobs? Which is a great <laughs> point because when you go to Apple and you talk about uh, cell phone manufacturing, mm-hmm. one of the things that um, that Apple has talked about is that they could bring a factory here and they literally cannot find enough people mm-hmm. to assemble the you know you'd have to have such a highly automated process right. yeah so it's it's interesting we still don't value working with our hands if you if you if you had a hard part that you wanted to have diecast here in the states Mm-hmm. I happen to know you'd have a really, really tough time finding a manufacturer, a company to manufacture a diecast aluminum part at a reasonable price in the states. And unless, okay. if you're going to make a million of them, maybe you can find someone to work a deal. But if you want to make ten thousand, it's yeah. the I don't want to work with you price. Good luck. That's exactly right. They're like <laughs> yeah. go overseas, and it's tragic. It is tragic, yeah. And and it's because we've been telling kids for generations that these aren't valuable jobs and these aren't esteemed jobs. So we don't have people to, to fill the jobs. And, you know, it's interesting that for the point you made about anybody can do many of these jobs. And it used to be true back in the day that you had to be big and burly to pick up the big and heavy stuff, right? But that's changed now. Everything is is either automated or we have tools because we know how to work smarter, not harder. And I remember... I remember going to one of my first interviews at a dealership. It was a BMW dealership. And the guy had never had a woman technician working at the shop before. And I'm, I'm five foot two. I'm not a large person. And he, he looks at me and he goes, I got to ask you, what do you, what do you do with the heavy stuff? <laughs> You're like, well, I just asked for help because I'm a dumb girl. Right. Well, right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, I wanted to say just to be Did you ask him, what do you do with the complicated stuff? <laughs> I should have. Ooh, that's, that's it, a good comeback. Well, that's like the best that. comeback you've ever come back with. Wow. <laughs> good job. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that's awesome. But I was like, well, I don't know. What do, you, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you know, how do you remove a transmission from a car? I said, the same way a Maltech does with a transmission jack. Uh-huh. He's like, well, how do you how do you lower an exhaust out of a car? And I'm like, well, that's generally a two person job, no matter how you cut it. So I do the same thing a guy does. I ask the person next to me to lend me a set of hands. Like, on well, that question, no, like, now I you're can being practical. Places that dudes can't. See, right? the thing I'm is, you little. you answered it with smarts. You know, and it's like, oh, I don't understand the answer that's coming out of this woman right now. Right, for real. It's funny. I so I had a general repair shop, and I had both male and female employees, and. I, I'm big about supporting women in the industry, but I'm also really big about men and women working together. And I think that's where the strength is when the diversity of people working together, because the reality is, is there were things that I needed to borrow somebody's muscles for. 
But the same note, the person whose muscles I would borrow once in a while, they were also periodically borrowing my little hands that could fit in places that theirs ah, couldn't. Ah, yes. Or borrowing the fact that I could contort myself underneath the dash to reach something. Or the fact that I wasn't colorblind, and they were, and they couldn't tell the difference between the blue and the green wire. Right? So, you know, we all have our strengths, and we all have what what we thrive, what we you know, excel at. And if you have a company in any industry, if you have a company full of the exact same employee with the exact same strengths, then you're, you're going to fail as a company. Not much of a company at that point. (laughs) No, exactly. Like we all need difference. We need the diversity to be strong. Okay. Bogey, I feel like we may have accidentally buried the lead here. (laughs) <laughs> it's the Truck Show Podcast, and we haven't talked about you dropping a freaking BMW engine into a 57 Chevy pickup, <laughs> which is rad, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know. I figured we'd talk about, like, trucks, 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 but look at us. No, we we love everything. Well, we usually talk about food and uh, Ooh, I like food. exotics. Yep. And, um, I like exotics. Sometimes we talk about trucks a little bit. No, it's mostly trucks. It's mostly trucks. <laughs> mostly trucks. All right, well, let's talk trucks. So, was it your was it your love for be well, explain how the whole thing kind of came together. <laughs> so, it was kind of a combination of things. I I've been a BMW technician for most of my professional life. So, I knew BMWs inside and out. I and and your what, and your favorite BMW that. is what? I got to know going into it. You gotta have a favorite. Uh, I love, I love the E30 M3. Yeah, yeah. that's gotta that's be one special. of my all-time favorites. Yeah, but I also love the old 2002s. But really, I'm one of those weird people. Like my favorite cars are the broken ones because then I get to fix them. I don't really care what it is. I just like fixing things. Is it broken? Can I fix it? Except the I- I- I3. <laughs> you probably can't. You, there's no way you can like the I3, the little electric. Well, like, the, the, the tires are so when skinny When it's broken, on that I thing. do. No, I do. I don't like the I3, but I, don't, I wouldn't It's not a BMW one. to me. For, for me, all right, one of my favorites was like a, a uh, E34 with the little tiny V8. I think it was, what, a three-liter V8? <laughs> like that's such a weird uh, car, but I love yeah. that thing. Yeah, you've got weird taste. Yeah, That's I cool, do. Though. I also cool. hey, I support it. Each their own. I've also owned uh, a couple Buell motorcycles, so yeah, I'm I'm yeah. super okay. weird. There's no <laughs> way that you can love a six series, though, right? No, what are you talking? No, Does she the I, current six I series or like the old six one? Series. The old one's yes. awesome, like a six thirty five CSI or you like those. Mm-hmm. Oh hell I yeah, do. they're fun. Okay. They're fun. Yeah. They've got they're goofy looking, and I think that's why I like them. And they had those weird European only before they went to the inches for wheels on the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. It was the weird <laughs> millimeter size from Europe, <laughs> and there's only like one tire, and I think it was a Goodyear. So every freaking BMW of that like range of of the mid 90s to like uh probably has that one tire. yes has that one tire <laughs> and i remember because i i came up i was a, a service tech for a mom and pop bmw shop oh, and cool. i used to have to order those stupid tires and at every opportunity we would try to get our our people with e28s and things like that to upgrade wheels and tires at the same time so that they could have a choice of like 25 <laughs> tires instead of that one stupid metric tire that right, they, the uh, purest, they have yes man, the purest. i know i know <laughs> and it probably That's wasn't funny. even a run flat. Did they have run flats no, back no, then? No, 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 no. they did not have run yeah, flats. No. And they <laughs> were like, f- I think the 2002 had, I want to say it was like 14 inch wheels. And probably, most, probably yeah, right. most of the, I love the 2002. They're really pretty. Especially the later <laughs> fuel injected models. Oh, so, so sweet. Yes. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. So a BMW um, engine. So in anyway, a pickup. yeah. BMW <laughs> engine in a pickup. So BMW background, but I always loved old trucks. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I justify 
doing an old truck. I could have put a BMW engine in it just to be fun. And I think like the whole project, so that was an all-female build. And it was the first all-female build that I led at my shop, um, Girl Gang Garage. And the purpose of it, it grew out of a couple things. It grew out of, um, I was getting tired of sitting behind a desk running my other shop. And I was wanting to get my hands dirty again and build something and learn some new skills and take on a new challenge. And I also wanted to create an opportunity for women in the trades to connect with one another because I know how easy it is to feel like an only. You feel like you're the only the only crazy chick who likes cars because in our day-to-day, we never meet anybody else like us. So I wanted to connect us with each other. Um, and I also wanted to to show ladies everywhere, like, hey, this is there's a bunch of ladies out there doing this and they're kicking butt and they're doing awesome and this is a great opportunity, this is a great potential career path. So that's kind of how it started. So the idea of putting the BMW engine in the Chevy was partly for my BMW background, but, but really because the purpose of this build was to draw attention to the trades and to women in the trades, what better way to draw attention to a cause than to do something that might piss some people off? No way. Yes. That's not pissing people off. That's badass. Oh, it pissed some people off. Well, good for you, <laughs> there then. There two camps. No, they're happy about it. We're, we're, we're trying to piss some people off because uh, I've got a, a 67 F100, but it's got an EcoBoost engine out of a Raptor in it. So, oh, okay. That's know, fun. See, and, I like pissing people off. It's fun. Yeah. Now, <laughs> but, the, the engine you guys use, that was an S62, right? Uh, it was, yeah, out of the M5. Okay, awesome. The E39 so, M5. V8 with was, Vanos, by the way, for those of you people, taking score at home. Yes, <laughs> it was with Vanos, but we eliminated the Vanos. We okay. had to do some crazy technical stuff to it um, to modify it to make it fit, because go figure, big BMW engine doesn't really fit in a Chevy all that easily. Which is crazy, because that engine compartment is, is pretty big. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, and I was like, it's going to be easy, no big deal. <laughs> Overhead Joke cams are me. just super wide at the shoulders, though. Yeah, but can't you just no, you roll know it around it's Roll it around in some sump. butter. You cannot <laughs> roll your engine around in it's butter. butter. Just drop no, it in. No vegetable oil. <laughs> oh, it's vegetable oil. Got it. Okay. So if it's, it's the it's the oil sump because on a oh, on a German engine, the oil sump where the where the oil pan drops down is in the back, and on a Chevy engine or vice versa, right? So they one the Chevy engine is on the back. And so you didn't have enough room to move the engine forward enough or, or aft enough. Is that how did you and compensate? lower it down enough to be able to not oh. and it, the, the engine sits in there so flat. And the transmission comes right off the back of it and sits relatively high on it. So in order to get it down low enough that the transmission wasn't going to be inside the cab. Oh, got it. We wound up having to do a dry sump. So that has a dry sump um, flat oil pan and a dry sump pump and a oil tank underneath the rear fender. What trans did you use on that? (laughs) We used, um, it was a Dynan um, kit that had been put together for a race M5 engine that they had built. It wasn't generally available to the public, but I reached out to them when I found out that they'd done this and they, they hooked me up and then it's a Peterson tank. So yeah, it was kind of crazy. So it sits there really low. It's all Dynan set up. And we also eliminated the Vanos because we had to run a standalone control module. Oh, you asked what the drivetrain was. Yeah. Um, it's a trans. BMW, but BMW manual transmission. Oh, good. Awesome. So the same yes. one that came out of it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so the only bone I have to pick with you, because the, the truck, by the way, if you Google Bogey's 57 Chevy BMW, it'll it'll come up. It's it's, it's called Chevy Montage. Okay, Chevy Montage. It is freaking gorgeous. The only bone I have to pick with you Uh-oh. is you stuck that ugly-ass BMW uh, intake shroud over it and hid those awesome <laughs> runners, because the runners on that are amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. And I really wanted to do individual, you know, um, when I'm blanking on the word. Um, like throttle, little, throttle bodies or throttle, intake stacks? Yeah, little intake stacks. Thank uh-huh. you, stacks. I wanted to do like beautiful intake stacks. I couldn't find the right option and we were running down on the end of SEMA crunch time and it was like huh never been there wouldn't know right oh my god it was insanity um so we're like yeah we're just gonna go with painting this and making it pretty and we customized it and threw it back on there but you know I love the uh the way the intakes are so the engine set back all if you're imagining the engine set back all the way to the firewall you guys have uh, basically altered the firewall so the engine can sit further back and between the radiator and the front accessory drive are two <laughs> air cleaners, conical air cleaners, sticking up like warthog tusks. Look at all mean. <laughs> under the let, let, let me see this. Hold on a second. What the f is that? What if you get close you think that's to it? Cool? It's, it's, I yeah. think it's awful. I think it's cool. What you need to do is just put like a nitrous shot so it can snort. Oh my god! So once again, like I had all these big highfalutin plans of like this beautiful hidden, you know, artistic intake <laughs> and the whole thing. And but SEMA Crunch reality, yeah. like hashtag SEMA Crunch. Hashtag SEMA Crunch. We built this with ninety women from twenty three wow. different states. Thirty percent of them had never worked on cars before, and we did it in just under ten months. And you know, most of us had never done any of what we were doing and as far as i know nobody there's nobody who's put a bmw n5 engine in a chevy before that's what we need for my truck to get it going again 90 more women to <laughs> work on women. it yeah <laughs> if we only had 90 more women it might actually get finished right now we have zero, zero people at people. all, at all. <laughs> yeah. so it was crazy so literally you, you, like you would laugh at this it was probably the week before sema and we're putting things together and we're trying to get everything to run and i, I hadn't slept very much at all and it was kind of ridiculous oh so you were and, punch drunk and you're like i'm gonna put oh, the intake right here two cone filters cross it off the, the, the punch we list we didn't have time to order anything or make anything so like I literally it. went to O'Reilly's and found whatever I could find <sighs> and then we they weren't the right colors so we spray painted them in the parking lot outside of the trailer before rolling into scene. I've done that I have done that we once had a guy that was pinstriping a car in the trailer yep. while it was going to SEMA <laughs> Yep, been there. Yeah, and then the other guy put his thumb right in the uh, yep, <laughs> right in the pinstripe, pulling it out of the trailer. It's so funny that brings up a really interesting point because like during during this crunch time, we started feeling like maybe it's us. Maybe I know I felt like maybe I'm just not a good enough leader. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not strong enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. If I were better at X, Y, and Z, we wouldn't be having these problems. And and right up until the last moment, I mean, we were working on that truck until the very last moment, pushing it into SEMA because it wound up, we, we couldn't get it to run. I tried till the very last minute, which turns out we had a, a small wiring issue, but I thought I was a failure. I was like, I let these girls down. I'm a huge failure. And, and I'm hanging my head in shame, right? And, and then I start talking to other builders. And they're like, oh, that's nothing. Let me tell you my story. I set a guy on fire once. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the craziness. And I just remember thinking, like, God, I wish I'd known that. <laughs> well, right? hey, you had an interior. Half the cars at SEMA have limo tint because the interiors right. never got done. So. Right, or they, they have Bluetooth drive shafts. Yeah, Bluetooth drive shafts. <laughs> so yeah. I have a couple questions, Boogie, about, about this build. Um, yeah. Where are you with paint and body and electrical? Because some people are like, I love the I engine. I only 
do one or the I, other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Holman puts well, up his. Was, he's like yeah. he's like an exorcist making a cross out in front of him, going, "No electrical, stay no. away." <laughs> I, I rewired the whole F one hundred. I just don't. I don't trust myself. But you used a painless wiring kit. You know what I mean? That means anybody can do it, <laughs> and you made it somewhat painful. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, we don't know wiring because it's not hooked up to anything. That's true. Wiring takes patience. We did everything in house. So from the metal work to the paint work to the body work to the electrical to the paint gorgeous. Was, thank you. Um, everything was done in house um, by ladies who were coming out to share their talents and and teach each other. And when I started the montage, I was strictly mechanical background. I had zero body experience, very very minimal welding experience. Like I really didn't know. I learned through that build. I think we all really took our skills to the next level through that build. But um, I'm I'm far from an expert. Um, I can I can do just you can about be dangerous. Anything. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can do just about even the second all female build we did. I was able to hone my skills a little bit more. But I still, you know, I, I've three years of really intense experience doing fabrication and paint work and body work. So I'm far from an expert. What do you consider yourself an expert in? Like, what is your one mechanical. favorite mechanical? Yeah, I, I'm a problem. Actually, I would say problem solving. I am. I'm a fast learner, but my my biggest strength is that I'm a problem solver, and that I'm a good teacher. I think that's my superpower is being able to learn something quickly, digest it enough that I can turn around and teach it to somebody in a language that they can understand, and that is not threatening or intimidating. That's a great quality to have. I yeah. wish I had that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that at all. You have, well, I suck a, with my kids. My boys, yeah. like, I You can't. don't have patience, and you can't multitask, <laughs> and you don't like people. Yeah. So when you put those three things together, no, you're not a very no, good no, team member. I love people. I love people. I just- Oh, it's uh, just me you don't like? Yeah, you're a dick. Oh, okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. But, like, I, I, I envy you because- I have I, I don't have the ability to teach, and so my boys aren't learning the stuff that I know because my father was a pretty good teacher. Uh, somehow uh. I did not get that gene. And Basically, they need a new dad. They do. Will you, will you be their dad? I'll be their dad. All right. <laughs> we'll be only, I'll be but, their dad. But only because they're in their uh, mid-teens, yeah. which means I won't have to be their dad very long before no, they're on their won't. own. No, you won't. <laughs> it would be funny if they both started growing beards like yours. <laughs> hey, the, my COVID beard, man. It's yeah. giant. This is stand, stand back. You're almost ZZ Top oh, at this point. Uh, you know no, that, right? no, no. ZZ Top's down here. I'm Sea Captain. Oh, Sea yeah, Captain. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Sea Captain. In Lake. So what color- This is devolved. <laughs> what color is the 57? So it's kind of a blue-green- it's really pretty, but I don't know that I've ever seen another vehicle. You haven't. Oh, it's okay. custom. So <laughs> it's a custom color that we mixed up. The painter uh, Madison and I uh, came up with with BASF. It's called Tenacious Teal because it's the color <laughs> nice. that just won't stop, just like the ladies who built the truck. Like um, <laughs> and um, oh, wait, 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 I got yeah, one for you. It's available through BASF now. There, a little there late. <laughs> Beautiful, thank you. <laughs> Where, where's the truck now? What happened to it, or was it built for a charity, or is it something you still have? No, was... I still have it. It is in my shop, and we take it around to car shows. Oh, nice. And so that was kind of the intent of it was to build it and then tour it because every and that's why the BMW engine, right? Yeah. Because. It, sh it shows up at a car show and people are like, oh, that's beautiful, but they walk right by it. Right. But if they walk by it and they see the engine... It's a teachable moment. It opens like, the opportunity. what is this? Totally. So then we get to have a conversation about women in the trades. And awesome. it's an attention grabber. So yeah, we, we bring it around to promote women in the trades all over the country. Well, I can't think of a better vehicle because that thing... I, I would... 
I we you know we were in Phoenix two weeks ago, which we uh, would have oh, known because I would have loved to see that thing in person. <laughs> we were at uh, yeah. Nikola, the uh, the company that aims to change the world through its hydrogen hybrid technology. Oh, nice. Well, next time you guys are back in Phoenix, you definitely got to swing through. We've got another all female build going on right now, actually. What are you guys building? It's, uh, it's been on hold, obviously, with the world being upside down, sure. but. Um, it'll get started back up soon, and we're bringing a 1961 Volvo PV544 to SEMA 2021. A what? A who put who? The what now? What'd you say? A Volvo it's what? An, it's a Volvo <laughs> PV544. It is a goofy, yeah. goofy-looking car. It looks kind of like a 30s Ford coupe. With sort of a, just it it has the face of a Swede and the body of a Ford. It, <laughs> it would has you call the it the rear end of a Volkswagen Bug, and the front end looks like somebody dropped a piano on it. Would you yeah. call it a a, a Fjord? <laughs> so that's a uh, a short fat guy grinning is what that car is i mean he's, he's friendly yeah he's friendly he's grinning it's they're funny looking we've got a lot of work ahead of us to make him pretty but is that air cooled or, or what's in it and what are you guys no, putting in it it's um it had a, a little i think it came with a sewing a, machine a, inside a sewing machine pretty <laughs> From much Ikea. yeah it was like 80 horsepower nothing um we have not 100% decided. We have the engine that we want to put in it. And right now I'm trying to work with a, a standalone control module company to see if we can make it happen. Got it. Because you're, I don't want to use, you're we want to basically use a modern Volvo power plant. Okay. But you're not going like LS. Oh, you're going to use a modern Volvo. No, because everybody does yeah, LS. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. We like, like challenges and things that draw attention and make you go, hmm. Hayabusa engine. A Suzuki. No, I, I love I love the new the new Volvo powertrain. I think that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay. I want to show how much power you can make with modern technology in a small amount of space because it's you know our industry has you know traditionally been all about you know bigger better and that's cool. But new technology is allowing us to make a ridiculous amount of power yeah. in a really really small engine, and I want to highlight that. Sometimes you just need uh, something svelte. Yes. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I neither would you. No, that's true. Everything I use is a big stupid hammer. <laughs> so, how do we find out about your uh I guess to find out more about your causes if if anybody wants to go check them out or if we have any ladies yeah. listening who want to connect with you. What's the best way? Absolutely. So, social media is really the best. I have a website, um but social media is probably the best way. So, either myself is Bogie's Garage and then my shop is Girl Gang Garage. And both are great ways to follow along, get in touch, reach out, ask questions, sign up for the build, let us know you're interested, um, find out about classes that are coming up, all that good stuff. Do you have time to respond to any inquiries? I mean, because you are super yeah. freaking busy. And if there's if there's guys or girls that have questions, do you have time to, to get back? Absolutely. I ask that people be patient and know that it may not be that minute. But I really do. I love talking with folks. I love meeting other people in the industry. I love hearing people's stories and connecting. And that's that's what this is all about for me. So 100%, it may take me a day or two or sometimes a week, sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I make the time. I feel like if we're going to close out with Bogey, we just have to run through one more time. ASE Master Tech, <laughs> business owner, mm-hmm. TV personality, mm-hmm. brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're late. You're late on the dings. Oh yeah, I couldn't find the button. Uh, speaker and business uh, consultant. If you're looking for a keynote for something that you're doing, or you want to find out more about automotive, mm-hmm. uh, holds uh, women's car care clinics. Of course, they're all female. But what is there anything that you're not doing? How do you sleep? 
<laughs> I'm not sleeping. That's, that's oh, okay. what I'm not And doing. she's running for president in 2024. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I used to want to be a politician when I was younger. Yeah, then we all grow up and go, wow, that sucks. <laughs> why, why, right? Why would I put myself through that? I actually like my life. Right, so exactly. do you? What's your screening process like? If Holman and I showed up in wigs, and we <laughs> well, your man boobs are big Ears. enough that uh, yeah, you might they might uh, they might think you might could pass. come in. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think either of you would make very pretty girls. I'm just saying. Well, that's, that's actually true. Sure. Yeah. I have way too much <laughs> facial hair for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be rude. Yeah. No, it's, it's no, it's fine. It's the truth. The truth. It doesn't hurt when it's true, right? <laughs> Hold on. Can you hand me that Kleenex? I have a little. It's my eyes. It's dusty in here. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw the right. tear. Yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, there there really is no screening process. Like if you're a woman and you want to participate in this build and you raise your hand, you're you're really welcome to come out and join. We've literally had women come out for, you know, a weekend who didn't know what a ratchet was. And we've had women come out who have 30 years of experience and everything in between. So if you have an interest in exploring working with your hands or you do work with your hands and you want to share your skills or you want to learn some different skills or just work with other ladies and have a ton of fun, all are welcome. What's the age limit? We have had as young as eight and as old as 70s. Wow. So if I brought uh, my oldest daughter, who's about to turn 13, out to come check it out. Totally. Yeah. We ask that a parent be present, but you, because you're, you're a guy, you'd have to hang out in the break room while she hangs out with us. But absolutely. Oh, interesting. That's so funny. It's yeah. the opposite. Normally, it's the kid that gets in the little kitty room and then <laughs> yeah. all the parents party. <laughs> yeah. It's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. You're... You get the parent room. We give you some toys to play with. There's some Lego in there. You can And so, (laughs) this happens where? And do people, they obviously have to put themselves up into a hotel while they're there? Yes. Yeah, it's in Phoenix. Um, We do have some connections with Airbnbs and hotels and that kind of stuff. Uh, But if you reach out and sign up on the website or through social media, we, my assistant reaches out and gets you connected with all of the, the resources that you need. And literally folks are welcome to come for a day, a weekend, a week. We've, we had one woman come out for a month once. Uh, and then local women. That was like the party come. guest who like wouldn't go home. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 3 a.m. I got to go to bed. <laughs> I want to finish up the other side of the car now. No, <laughs> no totally. you can go now. You can leave. You can go. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty cool. We have local ladies. They'll come after work, and sometimes they'll come multiple times a week. So it really it depends on what you're able to do, what you want to do, and we're we're just all about creating the opportunity and making it happen. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing, Bogey. Seriously, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. And uh, Holman, give out our website one more time so people can uh, see all the yeah. goodness. So, uh, Bogey's Garage, Bogey'sGarage.com, or uh, on on Instagram at Bogey's Garage as well. And I think it's the same on your Facebook as well, right? Correct. Yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us chuckleheads for uh, for a little while. <laughs> thank you, guys. You guys are a blast. I had uh, fun. You're the best. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Bye, Talk guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Holman, thank you very much for lining her up. I was uh, very pleasantly surprised. She's awesome. Uh, she is awesome. I'd hang with her anytime, especially when she called us out for the uh, dry T-shirt contest. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to get into some five-star hotline. <laughs> The show called the five star hotline 657 205 It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. 
Okay, you guys, look, we've been friends for a really long time, and I expected <laughs> a little bit of loyalty. Like, I expected that it would just be my, I'm not even going to say it right, because you guys have been playing faux yeah, buddy drops that are not mine. I mean, you know, uh, copying is the most sincere form of flattery. Isn't that what they say? Nope. Uh, but what the hell, you guys, you know that is mine. So I stopped on the side of the road to take a picture of this beautiful international scout, and then I remembered, oh, my gosh, that's right. These guys are totally jerking me around by playing fake yeah buddies on the podcast. Are, are we breaking up? Is this, am, is this a break <laughs> Is that what's happening? I can't, you guys, I cannot even believe it. And all of this, all about the offered Miata that I bought and all the modifications I'm going to make to it and how it's going to be super cool. But you know what? No, I'm not going to anymore because you, me, Holman, Lightning, Emmy Hall, broken up. That's no, right. no. And that's right. You guys are not going to get a five-star review from me, nor are you going to get a yeah, buddy, until you delete all of the other fake yeah, buddies from your sound catalog and only use mine. Okay, love you, man, bye. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, oh, Emmy, I mean, Emmy Hall, how dare you yeah, turn against us? Just uh, Mike Finnegan, and, you know, it's, we don't love him more than we love you. You know, here's the thing with breakups. Yeah, buddy. Is that, uh, is that a lot of times, you know, they don't, they're not permanent, you know? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, you, you come back, and, uh, I, you know, I don't think you're done with us. Yeah, buddy. I think you'll be back for more. Yeah, <laughs> that is. She does have the best. I mean, let's be honest. But yeah, buddy. She no, the she's, she's the all. OG. She's the right. OG. All I'm saying is, about 11:30 at night on a Saturday, mm-hmm. you can expect a knock on the door and an Emmy on your porch. Oh, <laughs> really? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. She may not come back after all. But we need to get her on because she's building an off-road Miata. That's why. Uh, seriously, it's she bought her dream Miata, and it's badass. And we need to talk to her about it. I, but not tonight because we're mad at each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're ne- mad at you. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. We can't ba- be mad at her for her being mad at us. Yeah, we can because she's mad at us for no reason. We're confused. Wait, are we changing our Facebook status to um, complicated? Complicated? <laughs> hey, Lightning Home, and this is Kevin out of Eureka, California. I've listened to the podcast about that stupid Chevy they wanted so much money for, and I hate Chevys. The only thing that caught my eye was... The 396. Now, those were good motors. Anyways, five stars. You guys do an awesome job. Thanks for the podcast. Five star review. Five star. <laughs> You're just trying to get back in her good graces, aren't uh, you? I'm just playing a lot of Emmy on this show, apparently. Uh, by the way, he was talking about a uh, like 200,000-mile golden edition Chevy C20 long bed that was like a gazillion dollars, and mm-hmm. I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, Kevin, guy, thanks for checking yeah, out. Yeah, it's the one we talked about. They were trying to sell for $71,000. Yeah. And, and it had, what, seventy five or 80,000 miles on it? Yeah, so. it was some ludicrous number of miles. it wasn't no. that nice. It's not that rare than a gold edition, which if I had it, I'd repaint it. And just go back to the last show and listen. That's what you do. What's up, light bar and uh, fuel lift? Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Light bar and fuelless is yeah. Uh, fuelless is a new one. I like that. Okay. Yeah, because that's somewhat accurate. The rest of our listeners and uh, slash review. Probably five years ago, I bought some Cooper MTPs, the cheaper mud train tires that Cooper had from discount. And uh, you know, I just honestly have not been that impressed with them. Uh, I'm looking for something new for a couple of my vehicles and wondering what our uh, listeners 
listeners that got gotten out of the uh, Assault and Wild Beats, uh, the Ultrains. Um, I need something that's a little bit more aggressive than like a standard BFG uh, for the amount of time I spend up in the mountains, but really uh, something that I can also drive on the street. Thanks for all you do, and uh, hopefully I can hear about what I need to buy next. All right. I mean, that's a fair question. So uh, he's looking for a kind of like an aggressive all-terrain tire. So, Holman, uh, you know I'm a fan of the Toyo MT, the mud train. However, I think the the brand-new Toyo Open Country AT3 will give him the off-road look that he wants, the grip. Or the RT. Oh, the RT is their aggressive one. Uh, And then there's a couple other ones. I still love uh, BFG. It's a great tire. The, The Falcon Wild Peak AT, obviously a great tire. He's actually mileage. What was interesting is uh, in the testing that I've done, they wear really well, like 40, 50, 60,000 miles with proper inflation and rotation. So uh, that's another good one. There's a lot of good uh, good choices out there right now. Uh, Nitto's got some good stuff out there. But uh, yeah, I, I'd check out that new Open Country AT is pretty great. And, you know, if, if it sounds like he probably has experience with BFGs, but the, the KO2 is still such a great tire. Lightning Peak Pole Train. <laughs> How <laughs> nope. the heck are you guys doing? It's a beautiful rainy day up here in Canada. You guys are just getting me through the day out in the farm. Uh, I finally realized what rhymes with truck, and that suckage meter was pinned. <laughs> That's all. We'll talk to you guys later. Guys, i seen the suckage meter. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Yeah, was he? Was, so, I mean, was, we, that our, was that our Easter egg? Was that our hidden Mickey that he just figured out? Or, or is he just he's, he's, he's just funning us? I think he might be just funning us. All right. When Alice says, I seen the suckage meter, I wonder how many people go back to like episode in the teens or 20s when I went completely ballistic and said how much I hate people saying, I seen, I seen you at what the store episode? yesterday. This is episode 125. Yeah. Uh, there are times where I don't remember. I look through our episode when I'm tracking numbers or, or pulling the data or the stats from the show, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> we talked to that person, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't We've done remember. a lot in 125 episodes, yeah. That's pretty incredible. I mean, imagine, I mean, how, like, imagine how like Joe Rogan feels. He's on like episode 1700. Well, you can't hear Joe Rogan anymore unless you buy into Spotify. Oh, that's true. You no, it, has, that, it hasn't happened yet, though, Well, right? it's going to. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's- uh, Dude, we're on Spotify. Yeah. Without the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if you want to uh, check in with the Truck Show podcast and, uh, and hear your voice on the podcast and ask us a question, tell us a story, just have something fun to say, 657-205-6105. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Hotline. I want to coat my body in Cerakote and I will go clubbing. You know you want some of this hotness, right? <laughs> I, I, no, well, by hotness, does she mean being baked alive in an oven? I don't know. Uh, Alice, what are you talking I don't, about? I don't think it works like that. I don't think you would coat yourself in Cerakote. No, I don't think so either. I, I mean, mean, I like Cerakote. I have it on some of my firearms. Mm-hmm. I have it on uh, a diff cover and some suspension components. You do? I do. Cerakote does automotive stuff now? Yeah. Well, that's, oh. <laughs> that's why we're talking to Tim O'Malley from Cerakote. Oh. Well, what? What makes Cerakote better than, I don't know, uh, powder coating? Just because it is. Okay, we're going to call him because I, <laughs> I don't trust anything you say. You shouldn't. I have limited knowledge on the topic. However, I do know that Cerakote is a more durable coating than standard powder coats. Why, I don't know. You know what? I feel like you uh, you profess a certain slogan about your expertise. Hmm. 
you know, like um, often wrong, but never in doubt. Often wrong, but never in doubt. <laughs> yes, that's me. No, 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 that's not true. I am uh, I'm hey, often in doubt. Truish, truish, <laughs> truish. All right, well, let's call Tim because I think he can uh, add more to the podcast than we can at this point. All right, dial him up. Hello. Is this Mr. Tim O'Malley with Saracote? This is him. Fantastic. It's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's happening? And we have a quick intro. Hey. Don't you dare move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? So... You Love can't it. really be here, Tim, because of uh, the whole COVID thing. But if you were, you'd pull up a stool. And uh, and share with us. Abs- be- absolutely. Because we actually don't know uh, what makes Cerakote better than, uh, well, I don't know, powder coating. Except I am a customer of Cerakote. I've had guns Cerakoted. That's where I'm familiar with it. And when I asked Lightning, sure. hey, what can you tell me? He said, I don't know. We'll that's talk not, to Tim. That's not true. I know the answer. <laughs> no, 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 Tim. T- t- go with me on this. Cerakote is made from the crushed horns of unicorns. Is that correct? That is pretty close. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's, Except it's, it's rhinoceroses. Close. That's where you get the Sarah from. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. rhinoceracote. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> right, yeah. No, so, um, yeah, for a lot of people who don't know, I mean, you know, Cerakote is a ceramic-based coating. Uh, you know, we're a thin film coating, but, you know, we can be applied to um, all sorts of things. Obviously, in the automotive world, we're really known for high temp. Uh, we're known for our chemical resistance and, you know, compared to maybe a powder coating, uh, you know, we, we have more durability, we have better chemical resistance, we have more abrasion resistance. So, you know, overall, when you're looking at uh, different types of materials, so like aluminum, titanium, magnesium, uh, even plastics. So if you look at polymers, you look at acrylics or nylons, we have the ability to adhere to all those and perform really well on them. Why is that? Why? Is, well, how does it perform better than powder coat? So powder coating is, um, you know, obviously like plastic based and with Cerakote we're, you know, we have ceramic in our coatings. Um, and since we have the ability to basically chemically adhere to the substrates, um, it gives it better adhesion and resistance to different types of, you know, let's say fuels or oils or grease and things like that. So what is the application process with uh, Cerakote? How does it differ from powder coat? And by the way, we should mention that you work for uh, a company that also does powder coating, so you have to be an expert in that area as well. I know. I'm kind of tripped when I first found out, Tim, that you worked at a company that owns Prismatic Powders, which is a company that I find fascinating. Most guys just go into their powder coater. They pick from a, a book of colors, and the guy behind the counter says, oh, well, you want this, and it's made by DuPont or Prismatic or whoever. But Prismatic, over the last two years, has marketed themselves in a way that all the show truck guys are like, yo, I'm rolling Prismatic. Well, is that, is that because and, when I go to yeah, your house, right. it says this is a Prismatic house, and you walk in, and everything in Lightning's house, including his television, is uh, covered in Prismatic powders? <laughs> it might be. It might be, <laughs> yes. But <laughs> you guys have marketed Prismatic. Yeah, no. You've taken a kind of a, I don't know, a product that didn't really have a face or we didn't know their names. And now the guys are walking into powder coat shops demanding prismatic, prismatic, which is a trip. Yeah. And I mean, and a part of that is, I mean, there's a few parts to it. One, I mean, it's hard to say no to a company that is able to manufacture 6,500 colors. 
it, oh it's it, if, you, if you're missing yeah if you're missing your color in there um you know maybe you didn't look hard enough there that, which is a lot um and the other trip about that too is that you know, with, with bigger names like AXO or uh, DuPont or Exalta, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, their minimum powder coating that they can sell you at a time is maybe a sample box like 10 pounds, right, or 40 pounds, depending on what it is. Where with prismatic powders, you can literally buy one pound at a time. And so that has really separated us because instead of having to buy 10 pounds for bills and you only needed four, you now you have six in inventory. A lot of shops don't like that. So with the ability to buy just a, the right amount of powder in just the right color, you know, we have the ability to really kind of go after the custom market where they see us as a really high value powder coating. I want to pivot back to Cerakote because there's obviously people yeah, yeah. are going to say, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've seen it in the firearm side, but is it becoming more uh, prevalent in the uh, automotive side? And then also, can the same shop that does powder – uh, apply Cerakote in the same way with the same equipment, or do you have to go to a shop specially set up to do Cerakote? Okay, those are, yeah, good two good questions. So um, we actually started out in high-temp automotive coatings. A lot of people don't know that. So in 1984, when Cerakote started, we set out to make high-temp ceramic coatings for, like, headers and exhaust systems and things like that, right? And it just so happens on accident we were creating a oven-cure high-temp exhaust coating, and we noticed it didn't really hold up to really high temperatures, but it was really hard and it was really resistive to all of our chemical testing that we were doing at the time. And so one of the owners decided, hey, you know what? It's really thin. It's really durable. Let me go home. I'm going to grab my 1911. He came back. They sprayed it, went to the gun range, put about a thousand rounds through the handgun, and it still looked brand new. And so they said, you know what? I think we're on to something. So that's kind of how we actually got into firearms. We started in automotive, but obviously the firearm are put up. So, I mean, now you have a lot of people that are like, yeah, I have my AR-15 or I have a, a gun Cerakoted or my buddy's got a gun that's Cerakoted. I didn't even know you could do automotive when we're in fact, that's where we started. So it's, it's actually kind of funny, but we are picking up speed in the automotive industry. You know, people are becoming more aware that we, we can be applied to, you know, multiple different substrates, like I said, or multiple different uh, parts with different temperature levels and different ratings and things like that. So, you know, when somebody has a project car, a race car, or even like the driver, you know, they can they can increase longevity, they can increase performance, and they can increase aesthetics. It still looks really good when it's finished. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's a lot to be had with Cerakote still in the automotive world, and we're just getting started. And then, yeah, so if, if you go to a powder coating shop, so Cerakote is applied with like an HBLP spray gun. So it's a liquid spray gun. Um, you know, anybody spraying liquid paint can basically pick up Cerakote and start spraying it. Um, you know, we're VOC exempt in all 50 states here in the U.S. Uh, you know, we're compliant pretty much globally as far as our coatings go. So, you know, we're not really limited to shops. But if you're a powder coating shop and you're like, man, I do a ton of custom work for automotive. I'd love to get in high temp Cerakote. I'd love to be doing other things. Um, you know, that's that's always a possibility. We encourage that. You know, why not, di you know, diversify some of the services that you bring in your own shop by you know, hey, you can do exhaust now. You can do high temp. You can do pistons. Uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of growing to do. And uh, yeah, just pretty much any shop that's doing any kind of coating, uh, whether it's powder coating or liquid paint or, you know, whatever that may be, anybody can pick up Cerakote. So what are the applications for Cerakote versus powder coat? How would one decide? What, what would a, a proper part 
uh, that would do better with Cerakote B and a part that you might be familiar with that would do better with powder coat? And a follow-up would be the temp ranges. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So um, I'll pick an easy one. So like exhausts. You know, exhausts get pretty hot. Uh, they can get up to 1,600, 1,800 degrees, depending on what part of the exhaust, you know, you're looking at. But a lot of high-temp powders aren't rated that high. Uh, you know, they might be rated up to 1,200, but a lot of those coatings are actually silicone-based. The 95% of them are basically 100% silicone. And, Tim, what happens to those powder coats if you had an exhaust pipe on a diesel and it's going through regen? Does it turn brown? Does it melt? Does it flake? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it depends. It depends on, a, a you know, a handful of variables. Uh, one of those is thermal cycling. So when you get it up really hot and then really cold and really hot, you do that enough times over, you know, a course of a year, two years, and then you start adding in things like uh, weathering, rain, road salts, uh, depending on where you're living, you know, um, you can start seeing the coating coming off. You can start seeing it fade. It can turn it gray. It can turn different colors. It can literally just chip off and you start getting like rust underneath because a lot of those pipes are stainless steel or they're even low carbon steel. Uh, so you will start seeing red rust. So you see a lot of silicones that can maybe handle 1200 degrees, but they don't weather well. And if it doesn't weather, then even over time, thermal cycling will kind of cause it to fail. So Cerakote for high temp, check that box. Okay, but what if you have something that doesn't go through a temp range, like maybe a wheel? Would it be better to Cerakote because of the durability, or is it still better to powder coat? And does Cerakote have the same range of colors or options that you might get from a traditional powder? And I'm thinking suspension components. Well, for that, you'd need yeah. to find out if there's elasticity, like on a coil spring or something like that, right? Oh, I didn't even, no, I was, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. No, that's, and that's a good point. So, yeah, no, flex, uh, flexibility is kind of also what we're kind of known for. So, you know, we do ASTM Tim, testing Tim, in-house. Tim, and, you can't have it all. You can't be everything to everyone. It's not fair. But I can, tr- no, I can try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, you know, you know where, we, where we fall short against powder coating is, um, you know, color depth. You know, the most that we can really get right now, and we're really working on it as a team, you know, we're looking at like maybe 130 colors. And then we're sharing the same house with prismatic powders that has 6,500. So it makes us feel a little uh, small when it comes to color selection. You know, but but on wheels, when you look at, um, you know, maybe maybe you're in an environment where road salt is really bad. Magnesium chloride is your de-icing solution. So, you know, you have customers up in Canada, Colorado, Wyoming, you know, they're, they're exposed to a lot more chemicals on the road than maybe somebody in Southern California, right? You know, Cerakote's going to hold up to that type of environment longer than a powder coating because powder coatings generally need at least two layers, um, and at least one of those layers is going to fail. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> I've got a lot of powder-coated <laughs> <over>. parts. <laughs> well, and, he, and here's the thing, too. What, what we aim for at Cerakote is performance, and the next thing we aim for is being permanent. So, you know, we really strive for when we're, when we're making a coating, whatever it goes on, it stays that way for life. So we, we don't want it to come off at any point where, you know, powder coating might fail in 10 years. We want to last 30 or powder coating might last five. We want to last 15. So we always want to be out doing powder coating as much as we can. I mean, we're not bulletproof by any means, but you know, again, we're, <laughs> you know, we're we're just different. It's a different technology. It's it's a different application method. So, what's the uh, the price difference? And the reason I ask is, would somebody conceivably take, let's say, a thirty foot trailer and Cerakote it instead of powder coat it to keep it nicer? You know, a lot of these guys have these big trailers and they're towing, uh, you know, um, agriculture equipment and tractors and things like that, or or car hauling sure. across the country. 
and they're getting rock chips and they're looking beat up. And a lot of the companies have gone away from paint to powder coating their trailers because of durability. Is Cerakote an appropriate next step for something big like that? Uh, and I do see powder-coated uh, parts, especially suspension components, that do get uh, chipped with rock. So it's not impervious to chipping. No, sure, yeah. And, and yeah, so, I mean, with big, with larger structures like that, like, a let's say, a 30-foot trailer, even if powder coating's not working out for them, you know, Cerakote can be applied to a 30-foot trailer. It will give them a longevity um, it will protect that substrate because a lot of those trailers are made out of, you know, mild steel and mild steel has a lot of iron in it and that's going to make it corrode. So when you, when, if, if there's any rock chip that penetrates that, that those two layers of, of powder coating, you're going to start getting corrosion. You're going to start getting filiform corrosion. Uh, you know, the red rust starts in and then you start, you know, kind of over time you start sacrificing integrity, but with, with Cerakote, it prevents that it's thin film. It, you know, it'll chemically adhere to that mechanical profile that you put onto the substrate. So you're getting, you know, far better adhesion, far better impact resistance, better abrasion. So, you know, when you're looking at larger structures like that, it's a great solution. And as far as flexibility goes, you know, like I was saying prior, we're known for that. Uh, you know, we do ASTM testings in-house. We, we're, we're known for being flexible. We're, we're on springs. We're on, on a lot of... Uh, you know, flexible metals and materials and plastics where, you know, they'll bend and shape and shocks. I mean, you guys mentioned shocks, you know, and springs, we're, we're on them. Wait a um, minute. We, we fare Wait a very minute. well. Wait, Tim, you said you're on plastics. Yep. How, how does that work? Because don't I have to? <laughs> so now you're telling me I don't have to bake it like powder coat. I can let it air dry because I, I can't melt plastic in the oven. No, so yeah, but you, you can. So you can actually cure most polymers at 150 to 180 degrees. What? Our oven cure, yeah. So our yeah, our oven cure um, coatings will actually adhere in the oven at 150 to 180 for about an hour. So you you can cure polymers in the oven, uh, and we do have air cure coatings. So we have a little bit of both. And what's the expense? Are, is there a premium above powder coating that that our listeners would uh, like to know about? You know, I, I get that question a lot. Um, and it really does come down to application, but you know, to be fair, I think we're, we're pretty comparable when it comes to powder coating, um, for, you know, just to give you kind of a guesstimation, we range between the 29 cents to, oh, let's say like 36 cents per square foot. And that, that, that ranges from, you know, our high temp stuff all the way to our clear coatings. So it's comparable. Um, it, it looks all like flat and matte finishes are there any glosses or is that where i have to then look at a powder coat yeah so you know that's that's probably our achilles heel um you know the best we really can get is maybe a satin finish we there are ways of getting our color coatings you know maybe a little more glossy but you know a a high gloss colored finish is not something we're known for um you know currently it's just not something you can achieve um but you know we also have you know clear coats that you know, they're applied single layer, uh, straight to substrate, and they are high gloss. So, you know, color coatings, no. Are clears, absolutely. Well, I've got a uh, Chris DMK22 22, uh, 22 AR, basically, and it's Stormtrooper white, and I love it. I think Ooh. it's awesome. Yeah. I call it my great uh, color. I call it my friendly white gun because it can't be evil <laughs> if it's not, you know, black and scary looking. Right, right. That is, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's nice and vibrant, it's very inviting. That's right. Everybody, all the kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, how much thinner is this? So, for example, if I'm looking at a at a highly detailed part, maybe it's a, a a badge on a hood or something like that. Powder coat 
oftentimes fills in some of the gaps, right? It it if you've got yeah. blemishes or errors, you can you can or, lay it on or extra thick. In the case of old trucks, if you have pitting, sometimes the trick is to layer up the powder coat so you can save the original part right. and you know layer in the, the the pitting to fill it up, right? Where it seems to me that right. Cerakote is a far more technical application like you you see whatever's underneath like it doesn't hide as much which can be good in many right. cases if it's a technical cnc part or something like that exactly yeah so you know we're talking about um you know thickness i mean we, we call ourselves a, a thin film coating for a reason so in the coatings world you know we're anywhere between a quarter mil to uh two mils thick that's pretty much the ceiling of our coatings you know where a lot of powder coatings can be anywhere between you know, uh, three to 10 mils thick, depending on, you know, if they have a primer, they have a base and a clear coat on top of it. Um, you know, powder coatings can get thick and then, you know what, they can fill in a lot of imperfections on the substrate. They can hide a lot of those. And that maybe is kind of a double-edged sword with Cerakote is that if you have a lot of details you want to bring out, if you want to stand out from the rest, it's a great coating because it's never going to hide that. It's going to fill in all the small little crevices and it's going to show every detail you want it to show. But if you don't have such a good looking substrate or if there are imperfections or you have big gouges, you know, in the metal, it's also going to show that. So and, and you're right. I, I, when, when we look at parts or when we have customers look at parts, we think, what does that part do? What is it? What is its purpose? What, how does it perform? And then we go into color selection where a lot of powder coaters go. All right, let's turn that red. Let's make that a candy. Let's do, you know, a clear vision over this. So. You know, we, we we target performance nonstop. I feel like Cerakote would be an equivalent to, to like Holman and I wearing spandex. You just wouldn't <laughs> want to, to see every, every, well, unless, every roll and every crack and crevice. Unless it was like we were wearing Spanx <laughs> underneath our normal clothes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a really good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, here in the audio format, we like to uh, reward our, uh, our listeners with very uh, – visually appealing uh, talk so they can never get those images out of their head. So uh, I'm looking at the yeah. website here, uh, Cerakote.com, and there's actually a couple yep. uh, products that stand out. Not only do you guys have all the colors listed on there and and whatnot, but you actually have two automotive products that I think people would be interested in. One is the Cerakote headlight yeah. kit, and the other is the Cerakote trim coat kit. Now, those are very exciting, and they're in my office, and I cannot wait oh. to use them. Well, I have been dying to put yeah. them to use. So I'm, I'm curious, too, because we're famous for asking more than one question at a time and then letting our guests try and remember <laughs> what, uh, what we asked. I have two questions for you. That's all right. <laughs> one is, yeah. maybe if you walk us through each of the products, the second one is, I know these are, are restorative products, but could you use them proactively on a new car to keep your trim or headlights from fading? Uh, yeah, so recently we started a home and auto division at Cerakote. Uh, we realized that uh, in the world of corrosion and restoration, uh, you know, Cerakote was really popular. Um, we started, you know, asking ourselves, hey, what, what do people have a lot of problems with? What can we fix? You know, we're problem solvers. What can we do? And we looked at the automotive industry and we saw so many Chevy avalanches with just some gray trim on them. And there was so much surface area <laughs> on so many different cars. I'm not not hating on any of you Chevy avalanche owners. We love you guys. 
keep buying trim coats. You know, you yeah. know what's funny? <laughs> but we don't yeah. like the wavy lines that when, are when, in them. When as my they kids right. are, 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 have used up all the chalk on the sidewalk, they'll pull a bumper off a, uh, <laughs> yeah. off a, off a, off a Chevy and just start <laughs> yeah, right? grinding into the ground. Yeah. So, and once we, once we figured out, hey, you know, our, our coatings can be applied in plastics, let's explore that a little bit. And we found that we could make the coating. We could uh, implement that into a wipeable form. So we have, you know, disposable wipes and we can basically take anybody's trim once it's clean and restore it back to its dark black, natural new car finish. Now, I, um, I see it says each kit includes 10 wipes and two sets of gloves, enough to coat a large vehicle's plastic trim package. Would you say it's a uh, av- uh, an avalanche of product? no we we are definitely aiming for the most uh trim heavy uh you know vehicles out there so whether they're you know f-250s or they're you know they're avalanches or they're suvs um you know we really kind of wanted to take a little bit of an overkill approach to the amount of uh wipes we kind of uh, you know, provide our customers in those packages. So yes, uh, you know, each pack is good for one car. Um, you know, we guarantee those wipes up to 200 washes, which, you know, if you take the the average car owner, uh, you know, most, most of them aren't going to take it to maybe an automatic car wash 200 times in the vehicle's life. So um, it, it, it'll last beyond those 200 washes. It's a, it's an excellent product. Um, and then even, you know, the, the next one would be is the headlight restoration. And that's wait, wait, brand wait, wait. new. Don't, wait, uh, Tim, don't don't move on from that yet. How are you getting oh, sorry. I, I got how, excited. chemically? <laughs> no, I, I'm because I'm excited about the headlight. Everyone. Oh, we, you should see him. He's definitely excited. You know, I, uh, <laughs> what chemical process are, are you using to pull the blackout? Is, are, so, yeah. I've heard that heat will pull the blackout. A lot of guys like my detailer just uses silicone spray, which lasts three days. Yeah. Right. You know, sure. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it, you know, part of that is that a lot of that trim is already, uh, it's very porous. So it has very high porosity. Uh, it's been oxidized and beaten down by the sun or salt, you know, depending. So, you know, for preparation on the surface, you're really just washing it. And when you apply the coating, just like, you know, kind of, we joke about the Cerakote magic. It's, it's, it's really our formulation that allows us to, you know, chemically bond to that, to that plastic. No, um, that sounds really does... like a that sounds like a political BS answer. There's some special sauce. <laughs> he to can't it. tell you I it's mean, their special sauce. I want you to tell me how you exfoliate my bumper. Proprietary, sir. It's <laughs> yeah. proprietary. Yeah. He's not, what are you gonna do? So you can start. It's, it's a trade secret. Yeah, he's not. You're not gonna go out. He's not gonna let you start Jayacote. But are you are you exfoliating? <laughs> like, are you getting rid of that chalky exterior, or are you just recoloring it? No, yeah, it's it, it's not even really recoloring it. And uh, in exfoliating, I, I guess you are in a sense, right? We, we recommend you wash your car first. And if you wash your car, you wash your trim off, that in, it that decreases it. Um, and I guess in a sense would, yes, exfoliate that. Uh, and then once that's dried completely with no water on the surface, and when you apply the Cerakote, again, that's where that chemical adhesion starts. Um, and it's noticeable immediately. And okay. where is it available at? Is it through you guys, or do you have a, a Pet Boys or an AutoZone or some somewhere like that? <laughs> no, good question. So you you can go to Cerakote.com, and you can find uh, the our Cerakote uh, trim coat packages. So we sell them in one, two, and three vehicle kits. Uh, you can also go to Amazon.com. We're selling them on Amazon through our e-store there. Uh, so you guys can pick them up either on Cerakote.com or Amazon right now. 
Uh, we we haven't really made our way into the retail locations yet. By the way, but, the price uh, is really reasonable. Twenty five bucks for one vehicle kit. That that's that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's hard to say no to something that one it works, and it's not just a gimmick. You know, we we there's a lot of care products out there in the automotive world. If you go to see them every year, there's something new. There's something amazing. There's something different. And I, and I, you know, I've worked in, you know, the automotive industry for a little while now, and it's, it really is different. It, it really does permanently change that trim. So when we say 200 washes, we really do mean 200 washes, not three days. Okay. So I have a curveball for you. You, huh. you say it's, it works on the plastic trim, but what mm-hmm. if you're, let's say you're a Jeep guy and you've got a powder coated off-road bumper that's faded over time. Will it bring that out since that bumper is coated in plastic powder coat? Are you able to kind of restore the the finish on things like that, or is it strictly for plastic trim? So it's strictly for pro- plastic trim, exterior plastic trim. Um, we're not quite to the paint protection program yet. Oh, yet. Ooh. Are we breaking news? Can we break news? <laughs> No, it's still skunk works, but we're, okay. we may or may not be working on it. Okay. Now let's talk about how to fix every freaking Mercedes out there with uh, <laughs> yellow headlights. With yellow by, headlights. By the way, I saw one today. And yep. they're everywhere. Well, it, I yeah, I sold a set of tires on Craigslist. And the kid who came pulled- Tell me he pulled up in an S-Class. In his S- parents' oh, S-Class. Nope. <laughs> it was an S500. Okay. You know how you and I always talk about it's a $100,000 car, except it's twenty grand to fix the air suspension? Yeah. It's that oh, kid. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Was, yeah, it, got it was, for- was it all dumped and no, moved he, with the No, he had or- it fixed, but he got the car for like ten grand. Okay. It was his you know, AMG S500, and I looked at it. Yellow headlights- you know, oh, okay. it, Jay and I talk about this all the time about this generation of Mercedes, but um, I'm like, oh, if only uh, Lightning was here with it me right now. It just cracks us up because <laughs> a car that was $100,000 looks like 10 the, bucks now. The worst headlights <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. So you can yeah, fix no, them. They, yes, you can. You can You can restore them. Um, and, and, and we have to, I have to say, if you walk into O'Reilly, Pep Boys, Cragen right today, yeah. there are there's Mothers, Maguires. Yeah. Everyone has one. And Something. I feel like they've all got to be the same. Please tell me yours uh, and, is different. And I've used them, and and it's not like you just apply. I mean, there's some work that goes into it. A little make, bit, right? yeah. And then you know the Toyotas are especially bad because on their lenses, like on a Forerunner, on a Tundra, some of them yep. they, they stick out from the car, and they have a like par- You know, the top of the lens is parallel to the ground, so they capture right. everything coming out of the out of the sky, and basically the fog starts on the top of these things, and it's just like, man, you spend that much on a new car, and you just just kills you to see the headlights look so bad. In you know, lightning, I, I I've mentioned this before, and you know, we we don't do anything at Cerakote that we really don't try to make permanent. And so when we say it works, we mean it. And you know, I'm sure. And, and we again back to the car care. A lot of a lot of companies do say they mean it. They that it, it works. It makes it shine. It brings back to life. But for how long? And that's where I I say permanent. I really do mean permanent. So we guarantee the headlight restoration kit for the entire life of your vehicle. What? So after you after you restore that, as long as you own that vehicle with those headlights, we guarantee it. Hey, I know 100%. somebody with a Mercedes in their driveway. We should go apply that stuff right now. <laughs> well, fortunately <laughs> for me, the yeah. guy before me kept re- – you saw the headlights. No, the headlights there, do look good on I it. I was stunned. Yeah, no, that's one of the better parts of that car. Yeah. 
Hey, how dare yeah. you? So, so to all those Mercedes owners listening to this, we love you. We're here for you. No, there are so <laughs> many imports that are just uh, my kid, dude. His Scion. Yeah, there is Toyota product. Yeah, they're yellow. Well, they, they, yeah, I remember my mom's Previa van had got had were yellowing after time, and she used to back in the garage, and the garage faced west, so that afternoon sun would hit the front of her minivan, reflect into the lights. Or shining the lights and then reflect on the bumper. Mm-hmm. So she had the double right. whammy. She had the the headlights that were foggy, mm-hmm. and then the bumper, the gray bumpers that were all wavy and chalked, and something <laughs> yeah. like a disaster. Yeah. Sounds so, like a Cerakote dream. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. I should go find that minivan right yeah. now, and we can uh, do something with it. So it's only twenty five bucks for this for the uh, Cerakote ceramic yeah, headlight really restoration. Really kit. reasonable. And do I have yep. to wear the rubber gloves like the other ones, like where it's going to uh, cause cancer and everything else? Or no, no, no. Yeah, I, don't we, think I mean, we he's do. Tell you we rec- we recommend you wear gloves. Absolutely. <laughs> where do you see the trend with Cerakote being used? Are there any innovative ways that people are using it? Where you went? Huh? I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I mean, you don't think of White City, Oregon, as a hotbed of automotive technology. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, even when you when you stand on the outside of the building, not that we don't have a nice building from the outside, you just wouldn't understand, or you wouldn't think, or like. Cerakote comes out of that, huh? <laughs> huh. But you walk in once you walk in the doors. Once you once you meet our team. Once you meet our Cerakote family, you get it. Like it, hey, it just it all comes together. Yeah. Who does that sound like? When people see us, they go, "Good podcast <laughs> comes out of that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have maybe had um, one, one too many burgers. <laughs> yeah. And that beard, so, Holman. Holman's got. You might need this to shine up your beard. Oh man! I, I, if I was able to use the uh, the trim restoration, my the trim on my face is uh, it's getting bad with the uh, the COVID beard. This is long. Yeah, you've like ever maybe seen it. maybe that'll be a part of the home product of Cerakote. We'll start doing beard oils. Well, it'd be good because if yeah. uh, you can only do like a satin finish, it's good for my balding head. So uh, yeah, there you, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, for for the automotive markets, you know, we're we're continuing to one listen to our customers and see what works and what doesn't. And so, you know, the high temp is is popular. So we're going to continue to develop our colors there. Uh, we're going to continue to develop, uh, you know, uh, different types of applications and continue to relay that information to our customer base and new coating shops that want to pick up Cerakote, like powder coating shops want to get a high temp. Um, you know, we're, we're going to continue to develop our, our our information, our technology, our application methods and our colors, pretty much everything uh, throughout the automotive industry. And then again, you know, with with home and auto, you know, we're, we're always looking for the next thing. Hey, what what kind of problem can we solve? What are we going to go after next? So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, you know, within the next calendar year, we're going to have more products for you guys. We're going to have more products for all of our customer base. Uh, there's some there's some really cool stuff coming up. Um, you said home and auto, and we didn't really touch much on home, and I'm curious what the plan is for, I mean, you're talking about faucets or hand railings? Hinges. Like hinges? Like, where would you, where do you find yourself in someone's home? Appliances? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Faucets, hardware, uh, things around the house that will are either plated and fade over time that kind of lose their, their sheen. Um, you know, you know, we're, we're looking at products that will bring those back to life. Um, things that where you, you know, recently installed, let's say hardware or faucet, you can protect immediately, you know, you know, just, just the common household things that get gunked up over time that people may not notice that that's kind of where we're, we're going with the home side of things. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different from the automotive side, but, 
uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're still working on the, on the home side of things, but, uh, we, I mean, we, it's funny enough with trim coat, we've, we even had uh, customers apply trim coat to the inside of their toilet bowls. And apparently that works great. You know, that's, uh, that's not a horrible idea. And the reason I'll bring it up is <laughs> for people who have cats with flushable litter, and you put that in the old toilet bowl and give it a little flush oh, sure. yeah. A lot of times it, yeah. it, it starts to etch away at the uh, at the enamel, and it'll stay yeah. in the toilet bowl. <laughs> Lightning's looking at me with, with perplexion. I don't want your animals. By the way, perplexion, is that a word? <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing perplexion <laughs> later at the Troubadour. Before, oh, are you perplexion? Yeah, yeah. Great, great band name. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it's, it's one of those calls that you get. They're like, hey, this stuff works great. You're like, awesome. Can you send me a picture of your car? They're like, no, I put it on my toilet. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, uh, hey, Bob, add that to the list of stuff this does well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toilet I, check. I, I think the first stop for me is uh, it wheels because wheels, uh, I feel like I'm I'm powder coating them every so often. Just like, are you though? Right. Yeah, I do. I I'm not even looking. Like, I'm looking at it because I can get my wheels to match my gun. Okay, well, I like that. Yeah, there you go. I have had a couple of sets of wheels that I have changed colors on or fixed pitting. I've changed colors maybe two or three times, or just recoded. You're a wild black. man. Yeah, no, I'm You're crazy. A wild Don't man. try to stop Great. me. Yeah, unbelievable. But this might prevent that. I could just do it once. And yeah, be but done. you wouldn't be you, no. and you would change it anyway because you are you. <laughs> you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, we we really have grown in the wheel market too. Um, you know, where we're starting to see some really fast acceleration is actually dirt bike wheels. So uh, the motocross world has really picked up Cerakote on the rims because, you know, anodizing doesn't hold up as well. Uh, It's not as flexible. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it, uh, you know, you do have more color selection than you would with anodizing because anodizing, you can only get so many. Uh, So, uh, you know, for wheels, it's a great, great coating for wheels. It's a great application. Uh, Lightning is writing that down right now to remind Mm -hmm. himself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, no, dude, I've already got the colors picked out. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are they uh, rusty brown? Uh, There's some golds. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, gold's good. Okay, so if someone is interested in having something Cerakoted, they should go to Cerakote.com or they should just go to their local powder coater and demand at gunpoint. No, 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 no. They demand that you powder coat or Cerakote rather their gun. You don't point the gun at them. Oh, I see. You just say, hey, can you do my slide for me? I want it to look cool. I was confused. Yeah, okay. easy, easy okay. there. Yeah, no, good question. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking to get something Cerakote you have at home that, you know, no matter what it is, it's, if it's headers, exhaust, if you got uh, faucets, whatever it might be, um, you can go on Cerakote.com. You, if you're looking for ideas, you can scroll through our gallery. We have a really awesome gallery. It'll show all the projects that all of our certified applicators do. They upload them with all the colors on there, so it can give you some really good creative ideas. And then once you've picked out what you want, you can go and click at the top of the page. It says uh, find an applicator. You can click on that, and you can look through uh, you know, our, our detailed map of certified applicators. So you can type in your zip code, city, state, wherever you're going to be. Uh, and find, uh, you know, certified applicators who we train in-house uh, to go out there and apply our coating. So, they, you know, they can take care of you, whether it's a firearm or if it's, you know, an automotive part. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say that is the, the best way to go about it. And, again, that's uh, Cerakote.com, C-E-R-A-K-O-T-E, also at Cerakote on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, everything they manufacture right here in uh, the USA in White City, Oregon. So you're right. not only getting a fantastic, high-quality product, but you're getting a product that's made right here in the USA. America!
America. America. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're all about. All right, Tim. Well, thank you very much for checking in with us. We've uh, we've learned a little. Well, I have. No, I, I'm I'm actually uh, uh, Tim. I'll follow up with you because I'm I'm curious about the uh, the preemptive coating on uh, on new vehicles to keep the uh, to keep the plastics looking good. I'm kind of curious about yeah. that. because you've Absolutely. got a brand new Jeep coming in. Yeah. So I'm thinking, hmm, maybe when I get it, I should add some uh, Cerakote trim protector on it and uh, just keep it looking nice before it ever looks bad. I think that's a great idea. Man, I wish we could do that for us. Like, make, make us, us look, look nice uh, yeah. before we look bad. <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't make magic over there. He just makes uh, code. Yeah, he just makes <laughs> <our> code. <laughs> All right, Tim. Thank you so much. All right. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, Lightning, it. Holman. Thank you. You got it. All right. You got All it. Right. We'll talk soon. Uh, uh, bye. All right, bye-bye. Holman, I think uh, <clears throat> I'm in the mood to read some email. How about you? Do we get to dance? You know it. You eat. Wait, that's, that's my job. Why are you doing that? You were just sitting you there. You always yell at me for doing that. You were just sitting there, so we've got to do it. But now you know how much fun it is. Now uh, you're, you're like, all right, I get I, it. I was jamming. You know how I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's going first, you or me? You always go first. Uh, that's what you said. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Not it. All right. Police Tahoe is the subject line from Jacob Culver. Currently driving a... To- By the way, I have to tell everyone... Holman is in charge of printing the emails, yeah. and he did so on a printer just outside our studio door. Uh-huh. And the font size yes. is the first word in this email is currently. That's the word currently, okay. and the capital C is maybe three millimeters tall. And that's a problem. Why? I'm, I'm saying it's tough. To, this is a small font, but you can't read anyway. I can read just fine. Okay. The next time I'm going to print them at 150 font, and you'll still not be able to read well. Read just fine. All right, go. Currently driving a 2010 civilian Tahoe outfitted with police lights for duty. Transmission has been rebuilt a couple of times from flood water and is almost 150,000 miles on it. I love the new police Tahoe. Not sure how my department would like how I drive it, though. Uh, P.S. Whataburger is king in the fast food segment. I've had in and out Don't get the hype. Love the, love the podcast. Get off Keep our show. Yeah, Unsubscribe no, right now. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, uh, that is the incorrect answer. I don't think we talked about it, though. While you and I were in Arizona- We had Whataburger. We went to Whataburger. We went there because we were, our fans said it was better than In-N-Out, so we gave the old college try. By the way, next to a college. That's true. ASU. <laughs> yeah, so it was fine. It was It was good. It was edible. I mean, it was better the than edible, didn't but it make was... the experience any better. Trying to literally panhandle while we were ordering, trying to shove himself between the order window and our truck. That happened. Um, but other than it was fine. It was it was it was it was fine. Not as good as In and Out. No, just not. Everything that comes out of that comes out of a freezer and a lot of salt, and it's fine because it tastes fine. It's edible. It's what you want, but it, it's not In and Out. In fact, I'm going to get in and out on the way home because it's really good. <laughs> All right, go in here from Chris, and he says, interesting idea. Hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of months. I really like it. Definitely a five-star review. Five-star review! Five-star! Thank you, Emmy. Have you guys thought 
about doing a tour of TLC in Chatsworth. You know they're converting older vehicles into rust mods They started in Toyota Land Cruisers, but have started doing a few trucks and other vehicles. Well, uh, listen to our last episode. You'll hear uh, Jonathan Ward himself. We might have. Uh, we should have probably read that before <laughs> last, we talked to Jonathan last, Ward. Last week, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we didn't read emails last week because we had so much content. I think uh, this uh, email reading session is ill-timed. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Clash of the Events is the subject line from Jeffrey Lightning and Holman. I was listening to episode 122 this morning, and I had an email come in from Red Rock Four Wheelers announcing the Labor Day Safari. Right after this, you guys played the voicemail from Jordan talking about the Daytona truck meet being moved to the same freaking weekend just to bring this conflict to light as it was happening. Looks like you guys have got a big choice ahead of you. Jeff Brown, Provo, Utah. Well, huh. Yeah. So about that, I think I actually have a wedding that weekend. Oh, so you're not doing either? Well, I don't, but it's in Colorado and I'm driving. So I would be able to hit Moab on the way home. That's BS. But you might have to go to Daytona. I'm not going alone. Oh. I mean. Well, maybe next year. I Everything's uh, messed up. Who knows what the heck's going to happen you, in another few listen, months. Here's what we do. You don't go to the wedding. You don't need to go to Moab. You should go to Daytona with me. Yeah, I don't know if that, uh, if that flies. Close family member, so uh, that would be rude. They would understand. Nope. Nope, she wouldn't. Oh, it's a she? Yeah. Oh, whatever. And she it's her first care. wedding, so it's a, this is the important one. No, there'll be another one. <laughs> whatever. Who cares? Okay. Seriously. Moving right along. What's up? And Ram Transmission. This one from Max Twaddell says, uh, what's up, Lighting and Holman? Have listened to every episode and am a huge fan of the show. I'm a landscape foreman, and I drove a 2014 Ram 2500 with a Cummins for about three years. Now I'm in a 2019 3500 Cummins. Awesome trucks, but we've had some issues with the 14's transmission. It has the 8-speed, and it was in and out of the dealer probably 10 times last year, and they finally put a new trans in it at about 90,000 miles. And then, 10,000 miles later, we're having the same issue. The reason I'm riding is because the guy at the dealer told me to use the manual shift buttons to go through the gears when I'm towing. This doesn't make any sense to me because, if I'm not mistaken, it's just a gear limiter, not a gear selector. So I can't see why that would be any easier on the transmission. Just wondering if you've heard of this and what you think. Also wondering if you saw Ken Block drifting his F450 at Utah Motorsports Campus. And I'm just as much of a car guy as a truck guy. I own a first-gen Expedition with 300,000 miles on it that I bought for 800 bucks. And have done quite a bit of work, too. And an 04 350Z. Respect to Lightning for the Mini. Ha ha. By the way, the Nikola episode was awesome. Thanks oh, for wow. everything you do. And that's uh, Max from Durango, Colorado. And, okay, so a few questions in here. Number one, yes, Ken Block drifting F450. Badass. Yeah, that was, oh, by the way, it was kind of a lame setup where it was obvious, I thought. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, it was gratuitous, but still cool. No, no, meaning they pulled up with the uh, the car they were, quote, unquote, okay. going to drift right. and it had a broken axle. Because I'm like, oh, Let's please, do the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just drift the truck. And it was rad. It was great. I reposted it. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it was awesome. Uh, and the uh, 2004 350Z, love those cars. Those cars are freaking so much fun to drive. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You are correct. People uh, get the gear selector. Uh, so you can go through the gears on the Ram steering wheel. Confused with the old auto stick. So Chrysler back in the 90s had a transmission selector called auto stick where you could select the gear. The new ones are electronic range selectors. So as Max, you uh, correctly pointed out, 
you are not actually choosing the gears on a new RAM. You are limiting the top gear that it will go into. So you can use it to downshift because you're limiting how high the transmission will shift in the gears out of the eight, but you are not actually selecting the gears. So your uh, your dealership not quite as informed as they should be, which is uh, <clears throat> sometimes uh, some sort of common at some dealerships. Almonds is the subject line. Oh, really? It's not, it's not Almonds? 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 Almonds. We had this conversation uh, a couple of episodes ago. Um, if you guys follow California farmer Ryan Valk on Instagram, you will know that he is an almond farmer, and he calls it almond. There's no a- – he says A-H-M-E-N-D, almond, to his farmer buddies and almond to non-farmers. He also seems cool. I bet you guys can get a ride on an almond shaker out of him. He does farm tours at his place. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, you need to follow up. Save that email and do something with that. So it sounds like since I was saying almonds and you were saying almonds, that you are indeed the farmer of the two of us. Congratulations. Uh, people know me as a farmer. Do you they? Know? Yeah, of course, uh, of course. Farmer Tan or Farmer Boy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, I have, a, I have a Farmer Boys going up half a mile from my house. Do you really I'm love so Farmer Boys? Breakfast burritos are they are so good. I have uh, three days a week. I have the uh, chopped chicken salad. Well, that's because you actually have a Farmer Boys by Banks. I sure do. Yeah. So it, the problem is it's dangerous. It's actually a third of the distance of the nearest Chick-fil-A. Oh, interesting. And probably half the distance. No, probably probably three quarters. Yeah. Anyway, of In-N-Out. The problem yeah. is it's closer than In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A. So that so means gonna I'm go there going to go there yeah. a lot. Yeah. Hey, what's up with the Raising Canes? You guys have Raising Canes around Dude, the country? Dude, I do not like Raising Canes. What is with everyone on the planet? They love it. Every kid. It every sucks. kid is like Raising Canes. Because, it, because they started in college campuses. Oh. So they've been indoctrinated into the Raising Canes agenda. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the company. I like the founder. Their story is great. They got the dog, the whole thing. The problem is if you know Chick-fil-A and you go have Raising Canes, Raising Canes doesn't have any flavor. Nothing. And, okay, so their Texas toast is good, but their chicken is nothing. It's just, and their sauce, like Chick-fil-A sauce is bomb. Like, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. You have, okay, I'll have the Raisin Cane's uh, equivalent. It's like a vinegary, like, bleh. And I'm just not on board with that. Hmm. So I'm a Chick-fil-A guy, and any, come on, come at me, bro. You a Raisin Cane's guy? Come at me, because here's the problem. You know the difference? Uh, What? Raisin Cane's is open on Sunday. I, that's all right. I'll go to Farmer Boys on Sunday. <laughs> oh, touche. And, and by the way, I will give Raising Cane's their Texas toast. It's solid. Yeah. It is solid. Their sweet tea is nowhere near as, uh, as good as Chick-fil-A. Okay. That's number one. But number two, you go to Raising Cane's, it's like Popeye's. In the sense that everything on your plate is one color. At least I can get a piece of lettuce and tomato at Chick-fil-A and I have some sort of color on my food. You know what I was craving the other day? You're uh, never going to believe it. Uh, Taco Bell. Rudy's Barbecue. Dude, Rudy's is awesome. Rudy's. I, I, I had never you. been to a Rudy's I until you. you took me yeah. there. Yeah, I love Rudy's. Now, do they have Rudy's elsewhere? Or is it yeah. just uh, in they, so- they the start, Southwest? No, they, yeah, well, they started in Texas, and they've been kind of moving. So you can find them in different places. Okay. The first one I was in is uh, at a gas station, is what it, where it was in, I believe, in Austin. And their slogan at the time was, Rudy's, the world's worst barbecue. And Rudy's, to me, at that time, I had never had barbecue that good. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going, oh, it's a chain now, blah, blah, blah. But I had it like way in the early days. And that's what got me into barbecue, uh, into smoking brisket, was because I had Rudy's, and then that's got me into the craft I enjoy now. The Food Show Podcast, everybody. The Food Show Podcast. Tune in. Brought the clock. Food talk. All right. Got one here from uh, Michael Sprague says, need build advice, dear Holman and Lightning. Thank you for uh, getting that correct. Lightning and Holman? 
Uh, greetings from Nashville, Tennessee. By the way, Nashville. You want to talk about a food scene? Mm. Freaking Nashville. Hot chicken, dude, all the way. I'm a Hattie B's guy. I'm not a prince's. Hattie B's all the way. If you're going to Nashville, do you diet beforehand? Uh, no, you die afterwards. No, diet. Oh, die after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Nashville's awesome, uh, but the hot chicken, thank you. I'll be here all night. Yeah. Uh, the chicken is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Hattie B's all the way. Love me some Nashville. By the way, music and lower Broadway. And Have you ever been to Nashville? Uh, yes, I have. I love Nashville. But People, I only spent uh, one weekend, so it wasn't enough. Here's the problem with Nashville. And I'm sure my friend Brent Hagen from Nissan is listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will confirm this, that ticks fall out of the trees there. And I'm just not down with that. Did I ever tell you my tick story? No. I, next, drove a Nissan, I drove a Nissan Titan X. No, we're going to do it right now. drove a Nissan Titan XD from Nashville to LA sitting on a tick. I don't, I don't understand why you- It fell from the tree and apparently got down my pants, and okay. I sat on it for several hours, but because I was sitting on it, he wasn't able to bite me, uh-huh. and so I took a shower uh, like uh, 40 hours later and uh, watched a tick fall off my butt. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh. And so he bit you? I, no, I don't think. Well, no, but he's on my butt. You squished him. I squished him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're, no, you're not going to have any opportunity to bite me, dude. And so what happens? Like, what if he had bit you? Then or, or... I would have to take him out of me. Dude, ticks are A, nasty, and B, fall out of trees. At but, least in but California. Saying, but but do, they, do they grab on with like little teeth and you have yeah. to actually so you, pry they, them out? No, well, you have to be careful not to break their head off when you pull them out. Some people use oil. Some people How use big fire. are they? It depends if they're engorged with blood or not. They can oh. be like that big, dude. <laughs> but the trick, is, the trick is to take a Q-tip. People don't know this. Well, people in Nashville probably do. Uh, you spin the, the uh, tick with a Q-tip around his mouth. And it unwinds and they'll release. And that way you can not get bit by, or you can get them out of you. It, it sounds like he's, Dude, what, but here's, it's like bigger, it's but like, here's a, my like point. an eighth of an inch or bigger. They can be bigger. Here's the problem, oh. dude, is that in California, yeah, we have ticks. There's, you know, they're in the grasses and they're, you know, on deer and they're, whatever. Like, uh-huh. you know, they're, they're out there. You're, dri- you're riding through stuff on a mountain bike, you're right. hiking, you're going to get ticks. In Tennessee, you could be doing everything right and they freaking paratroop from the trees and land on you. That's not right. It's not okay. Uh, not okay, Nashville. Not okay, Tennessee. I love you, but that's why I can't recreate out there. I love it, but I'm not going to have you skydiving ticks landing on me when I'm just trying to enjoy the- <laughs> Skydiving uh, ticks. The awesome uh, backcountry. It's so funny that they got canceled from Coachella this year. <laughs> the skydiving ticks? Yeah, Well, yeah. everybody got canceled this year from Coachella. Yeah, that's you exactly know, the COVID. That's true. Yeah. All right, anyway, going back. Uh, greetings from Nashville, Tennessee. I need some advice on an off-road build. I have a 2002 Ram 1500 4x4, 4.7 V8, which is the first year of the third generation body. I'm wanting to build an overland off-road truck for light to moderate trails. Is the current truck I have a good starting point? Or would I be better off to sell it and get a second-gen Ram with a straight axle? I do not have money for a diesel, but that would be nice. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks and love the show. And that's uh, from Michael Sprague. And it says, yeah, buddy, and five stars. <laughs> five-star review! Five-star! Hashtag, yeah, buddy! Hey, Why are you laughing, <laughs> Chuckles? Send me that email. Hand me the email. What? Hand me the email. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have magnifying glass for eyes? Yes. Oh my I don't know why you're God. complaining. I've never I don't I've never <laughs> seen a printer print this fine. And I read it just fine. Dear Lord. <laughs> this is crazy. Should we answer his question or not? I cannot believe seriously, right now, take a photo of me holding this email. Take okay. a photo of me yeah. holding this email next to the microphone for perspective. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. There's no way you guys can blow this photo up enough to be able to read the email. 
it is point five is the type. I mean, it's micro. Micro, isn't he? <laughs> it is micro. I love the yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! I can't believe you read this. Uh, That's I did, tiny. Yeah. All right, sorry. Taking it sideways. So, uh, hey, hand me the email back. We got to answer his questions. Oh, okay. right, so right. he's doing an Overland build. Listen, I, here's my thought on that. If you don't have a lot of money, just run with what you got. Like it, you don't have to make it all fancy. It doesn't have to be a Tacoma or a Patrol or a, a, a Gladiator or a whatever. It just could be your mom's <laughs> station wagon because that's what you did when you were kids anyway. So, uh-huh. uh, 2000 Ram 1500 4x4 4.7 V8. It's if the truck's solid, go enjoy it. That's what I gotta say. And if you can afford something, yeah, you know, a straight axle's great if you're doing some harder off-road trails and stuff, but you can make IFS work just as well. So, yeah. Go to Target, buy a tent, yeah. put it on the roof. Here, here you go. Take some <laughs> two-by-four. No, no, no. It's all saggy. No, you, you, what you do is you put it, no, no, you do the uh, the uprights and the stake pockets of the bed, uh-huh. and then you bolt them to some, you know, like four-by-sixes, uh-huh. and then you uh, put a piece of uh, plywood over the top. No, no, just uh, masonite. Masonite. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so it bows. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you just put a, a Coleman right on top, and you, you're, you're in. <laughs> like, so it's bowing as it lights on fire and you die. No, it's it's soggy from the rain because oh, it's masonite. Here's, you know, listen. Guys, don't make it difficult. It's it's camping. Like, it sure it's nice to have a nice rig, but if you can't go, in, it's more important to go enjoy and do the things you want to do than it is to have a fancy rig. And that's how I'm going to end the show. All right, well, we do want your email, guys. Send it to us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And Holman will print it in a larger font this time. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. He's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast on your favorite social platforms, except for that one that shall not be named. That's right. Oh, and you can follow Russ, R-U-S, dot D-Max is the build. Russ.dmax or at A-D-V-J-E-E-P. They're never going to keep any of these things straight, right? <laughs> We're just throwing a bunch of Instagram handles at them. But now we have to have a race to see who can grow their Instagram following sooner, faster. Before really? it was YouTube videos. We've totally forgotten about that. Yeah. Now we're moving into our project vehicle. You and I are not good at uh, competitions. No, no, no. We're not going to follow through. <laughs> no, that, that too. We are <laughs> competitive. We're just not going to follow through. <laughs> you know, if... if uh, if we were competitive about follow-through, our listeners would benefit so much. No, we start a race and we just get sidetracked and pull over and have a burger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then look at our watches and wait for the ticks to fall from the sky. <laughs> Stuff like that. Skydiving ticks. Yeah, uh, 657-205-6105. Hit us up on the Five Star Hotline. Please leave us a message. Tell us what you think. Tell us a story. Tell us why you love the Truck Show Podcast. And, of course, subscribe. Tell your friends. And, uh, I don't know, we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, not, we, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait. Will we hear them next week? No, they'll hear us. They're going to hear week. us. No, okay, did it. you forget about Nissan? I haven't. No, I was oh. waiting for uh, for you to do your uh, do your job. You're gonna my job. I, I was waiting. You normally talk in the, as the song fades. I'm trying to mix it all up. And then you go into Nissan and we talk about yeah. the five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty on the Titan. The Titan zero XD. gravity seats. The zero gravity Fender uh, audio system. Yeah. Uh, how about the Pro Four X Platinum Reserve, super soft leather, that big old ten inch screen. Do we talk about all that stuff? Uh, no, I don't think we did. Not Five on this episode. Six liter endurance V8. Yeah, the one that sounds so mean. Most standard V8 horsepower in its class. Is that true? It is true. Why doesn't someone try and knock them off the podium? Because they just kick ass. That's why. You hear me? They just kick ass. All right, I, I will. I will agree with you. The Nissan Titan and the Frontier and the Envy Vans—they all kick ass. NissanUSA.com. And of course, our other friends that really kick ass, our buddies over at Decked. Mm-hmm. 
you are looking for a cargo storage solution for your truck or van, head over to Decked.com and check out the Deck system, which has sliding drawers on Texas ball bearings, lockable, secure, weatherproof, dustproof, and they can hold 2,000 pounds on top. And I heard from a little, uh, little birdie, got some new Deck products that we're going to be introducing later this year. Tell me we're going up to Decked for a tour. We're going up to Decked for a tour. Good man. Yeah, buddy! If I had to grade this episode from A to F, I would give it an A. For awful.